0: I think we're good to go. We I'm just going to ever want to do a test one more time, Riley, for you first.
1: Well, you know I'm going to be loud enough.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Maurice. This, this is my normal tone.
1: That's <laughs> your talking voice? That is my talking voice. Here we voice. go. Test, it's test. Late hour. <laughs> late hour on the hip-hop station. <laughs> All Love right. The quiet storm. <laughs> <laughs> and we're good to go. Awesome. Well, we're here with Maurice Leggett, CFL all-star, Winnipeg Blue Bombers linebacker, model and actor, uh, founder, owner of Almighty All-Stars Entertainment, I would say jack-of-all-trades and all-around entertaining and amazing person. <laughs> um, and uh, we're excited to have you join us. Yeah, uh, thanks
2: for being on. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, what's what's new and great in the world, Maurice Leggett?
2: Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> you, you said it all, so I don't, I don't think <laughs> anything's actually new, but I'm just working on some stuff in that field.
1: All right, so that's the interview right there. there that's, that's all you really need to know. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> but no, we we're just talking about how the music industry in Canada, like every all of our good Winnipeg artists move out to Toronto and Vancouver, and you just you aren't necessarily left with anybody behind in Winnipeg. Like we have a little bit of a nightlife scene, but there's just all the good artists get stolen, and then they don't even claim Winnipeg after.
2: Yeah, it's it's a sad thing, but. At the end of the day, it leaves room for other up-and-coming artists, or just someone to perfect their craft and get better. And say, well, he's actually from Winnipeg, so I think I'm better than that person, or I can get there too.
1: Yeah. So I know you sang. You're interested in opera a little bit, but do you sing as well?
2: I, I haven't sang. I haven't no sang actual note and took it serious since. My wanna, last year of college. They want to sing us a little tune today? No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs>
1: well, what's what's the go-to karaoke song or dressing room song? Um,
2: well, my, my go-to karaoke songs. I have two of them it, because I'm such a nervous person once I get in front of the microphone and start <laughs> start doing music. But it's a Red Solo Cup by Toby Keith and then The Humpty Dance, you know, Digital Underground. I knew The Humpty <laughs>
1: Dance because there was a video for the Bombers that you did a couple of years ago where you did The Humpty <laughs> Dance. I think it was, who was the other DB that was with you? Uh, Canadian guy. Um,
2: uh, Teague Sherman? No, or?
1: not Teague. This is going to bother me now. Uh, <laughs> uh, man. But you did the Humpty <laughs> Dance in the video. And, and so I knew, I thought that might be one of them, but I wasn't expecting Red Solo Cup with Toby Keane.
2: Definitely. I, I like a lot of his music. Um, actually, I listened to him one summer. Just I was just laying down and it came on the radio while I was doing a summer job in Florida. And then I was like, I like this song. And then I was like, who is this guy? And then he's like, Toby Keith. And I was like, I got to listen to some more. Because it was, I ain't as good as I once was. And that that actually got me hooked on Toby Keith.
1: Really? That's really cool. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that. What was the summer job out in uh, Florida?
2: Well, um, college teammate of mine. Allen, his dad had like a farm out there in Destin, so we built like a a shed and a shack and everything. We had to put the post in and everything. So we actually built like a mini house right there outside the garden.
1: Yeah. Wow. I can imagine you're just sweating the whole time working outside. It's Florida. Florida. It's Florida. (laughs) I
2: went to school not not too far from where um, the job site was, so it's always hot down there.
1: So what's the juxtaposition now to living in Winnipeg and having to deal with well, you live here near year round mostly? Mostly. Yeah. And uh so what's the differences, like how much of a culture shock was it to come to Winnipeg and just live the life here?
2: Well, for the for the first three months, I thought my name was A at B except <laughs> <Just after> every <laughs> sentence. And it's like, yo, your your name I was like, my name is not maurice mo and they're like moe eh? and i said that's not my <laughs> yeah, name that's not mo, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but it's everyone's everyone's friendly here and that's what i fell in love with i'm a friendly person until you get on my bad side but <laughs> I'm, I'm a i consider myself a friendly person i'm a straight shooter and in the u.s you, you really don't get that even if even if you're a successful person they don't like it because they're not doing well or not as doing as well as you. So that actually, you know, I I took, I took that to heart here. I was like, I love this place and you need something. Oh, I will help you out. Like, and they make sure you do it. It's like, well, take your time. They're like, Oh no, no, no worries. We'll do it right now. (laughs) And it's like, Oh, well I'm not used to it because if someone says, Oh, I'll look out for you, they, they might say it, but not mean it. It's like you follow up with them and they're like, Oh yeah, I, I didn't get a response or anything like that and they actually didn't even try. So, you know, it's like those friendly gestures that made me fall in love with them, heck. You've been living here what, 4 years now? Um most mostly 3 and I brought my family up here for that once we moved in our, our our place by the stadium. Yeah. And, and you're you're originally from Pennsylvania, correct? Correct. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and moved down to Atlanta for school and Met met my beautiful fiance in college, and the rest is the rest history. Is history. <laughs> yeah. it must That's be awesome. tough
1: though, just the life of playing professional football and not necessarily knowing year to year, or even sometimes week to week, where you're going to end up. So, how does, how do you deal with that on a on a month to month basis? Well, this
2: is this league is completely different than any other league, and <coughs> this has a higher turnover rate than any other league. Football is the only sport that your contract's not guaranteed, and you know I, I still, even though I'm not a part of the PA or anything like that, or a rep for our team, I still fight for the guys and I talk them, like this is this is not not right. And I'm one of those veterans. I've I've been in every professional league in in football, and I've seen how things work. I was part of the lockout in the NFL, and things like that. You know, I I just try to drop knowledge on the younger guys and say, this is how, like, don't, don't let that, hey, you might not be here tomorrow, put you in fear of who you are. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about us as a collective unit. The players will be here long after the coaches. And we are the ones that actually put the fans in the stands. So don't be afraid to speak your mind, because for me, if you if you don't have, if if you're not if you're afraid to state your opinion, a man without an opinion is is a slave to me. And you want to be able to you know speak your mind and not fear of consequences. There's there's always going to be an effect, a ripple effect of what you say, no matter what it is. But you not saying anything is a hundred times worse than you speaking your mind.
1: I think that being genuine and true to yourself, that's something that I think has been it's an evolution in life a little bit, because when you're young, you you have to mold yourself after people around you a little bit. So like it's it's tough to still be yourself. And then like you always have teachers telling you how to act and rules around. But I feel like the development is when you start to mature and get more comfortable with who you are in your core, like genuinely who you are and can speak your mind. That's that's maturity and that's an evolution that people often have to go through in life.
2: Yeah, and it starts at home. It starts at home. You don't need a teacher to tell you how to act. You before you go to school, you knew right from wrong. Yeah. And people just get aside of themselves and get off track because everything's in front and we look at society and look at T V, listen to music, listen to like listen to us talk and then say <laughs> yeah. Well, I should be doing this and what's right in your, you know, in your heart. Like, I know this is not right. I should be doing something else. And it's not on what someone else is saying. You, you're, you're only successful as much as what you want to do. I'm not trying to live your life. I'm, not, I'm trying to live my life. And I'm trying to have fun with it. And if I'm not having fun and I'm not doing what I, I want to do, then I'm not successful. So I I try to find ways to do everything that I want to do and have fun. Now there's limits. Now, (laughs) don't get me wrong; there are limits, but like, well, especially
0: if as an athlete for something like the CFL, there's a lot more eyes on you than most other professions, right? So things that you people what they say on Twitter or what they're doing in public affects them in the in the public eye, right? And I
2: still and I still battle this. I I still battle with it because your opinion. Twitter is for expressing your opinion for others to see it. Yeah. And when you express your opinion and then the rest of the world sees it and they're frowned, you know, they're frowning upon them, what you said, at the end of the day, you can't take it back. And it, I laugh at people that, oh, you knew what you said. You, you thought about it before you typed it, you thought about it before you sent it. Why are you saying, like, all of a sudden you're apologizing? Mm hmm. Why are you apologizing? You still lost your endorsement yeah. deal. You know, it's, it's <laughs> like you still lost your endorsement deal. If you, if you, you click send, it's there forever. No matter if you delete it, and why you delete it, People are like, why you deleted it? Yeah, but you, you know, there's people that that are watching you and say you got to delete that before the rest of the public sees. But it's too late. Someone saw it already, and like if I say something and it's frowned upon towards some people, I don't care. Like, that's, that's just me because I mean, as long as this is my thought process are, yeah. and this is how I feel about it no matter what someone says about it and if you don't like what I said, stop following me. <laughs> stop reading what I'm saying. Like, yeah. stop worrying about me. That's not like, the people that, like, I want to entertain the people that actually are not sensitive. That's what's wrong with the world. Everyone's sensitive about words. Like, even, you know, it's just like, for Someone can make a racial comment, and I just laugh. It's just, it's like, yeah, okay, like, it's a decision, right? You yeah, choose whether or not, not you're how offended you feel by or this. You make that comment. Someone's like, that's racist, and it's like, well, that's what they see. They might see that every day, you know. Yeah. It's just like, hey, hey, you want some watermelon? Someone's like, that's racist. Well, you know, guys, my color. That's all they see is us eating watermelon. Hey, do you want watermelon? Like, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just. You know, that was just an example, but it's something that, you know, the world needs just to stop being sensitive about.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think it's a little bit of a a double-edged sword, right? To be, you know, you're in the public eye and and for a lot of things it's good. Like if you're building business and, and you want to have some kind of figure within the community, it's a great thing and it can lead to so many great opportunities. But then everything's under that microscope and it becomes a little bit tougher just to be for people to realize that at the end of the day athletes are people and so it's like i think you know nobody comes without their their struggles and hardships so it's it's tough to just like it's it's tough to take a step back and be like this is a person maybe they made a mistake but having that forgiveness on that is important for for communities too
2: yeah but but still at the end of the day a man without his you know his own opinion and there's, yeah, there's you, things, there's there's things you can't like. you know right from wrong.
3: Yeah, you know yeah,
2: right from wrong. If you have to think about like, ah, uh, should I do this? Probably you, should. it, you shouldn't do it. Yeah, you shouldn't do it. But if you click send anyway, why apologize I, for it?
1: <laughs> I had my I had my first run in with the uh, with the angry hunters of America this week. So I posted. I follow Cam Haynes. He's a bow hunter and ultra runner athlete and he did a, an Under Armour hunt, and there was a picture basically for promo, but it was literally a decapitated water buffalo, and he talks about respecting animals, and it was like him with the head. He wasn't posing or anything. He wasn't giving a thumbs up, or. but I went, for a guy who talks about respecting an animal, this seems like just for shock value, like you're treating this as less than even an animal, and I thought that that was disrespectful to the animal, so I voiced my opinion. I said that I respect him in a lot of the things that he did, but mm-hmm. I thought I said that I I didn't find that this was respectful to the animal. And fifty eight replies later, and a bunch of you know, I had a couple people say uh, what oh. you said wasn't even against Cam; it was just the picture and and literally yeah. wanting to talk about you know what is respecting animals. But some of the hatred I got was really oh, really oh, interesting.
2: Oh well, stop following. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. What it was. yeah, I like yeah. what no, you it's said. It's like yeah. no matter what, like. I'm, you're not gonna like everything about that person. Yeah, you can't blank. please everyone. If you, yeah, but if it's just like, oh yeah, like, like if me and my family, like I'm not gonna like everything my family does, you know, or we, we talk about, or if that, that's a lie, that's a lie. You're gonna have your disagreements. You're gonna have your discussions and and everything about it. Hey, I didn't. You didn't like the picture. That you spoke. You you voiced your opinion on that picture. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I was, so plain I was and simple, willing, it does yeah. it, like it, it's done. Like half the replies, I I just don't even, you know, just just I just ignore it because, I, if I get going, I will get
0: going. <laughs> <laughs> are, are there replies that that can get to you sometimes, though, or do you
2: tend to do uh, a good job of ignoring it mean, at this point in time? I, I, for me, like lately, I've just post and get off. Yeah, or I'll just watch some funny videos while I'm just la- lounging around. But outside of that, I'll, I don't pay attention to most of that stuff, <laughs> especially if it's if it's negative because <laughs> it's not helping me at all. Sure, yeah.
1: It just wears on you after a, a time, <laughs> I'm sure.
2: Oh, man. I, my rookie year, you know, it was my second year in Kansas City, and uh, I was getting death threats on Facebook. So oh, what? It, it was the Cowboys game where Miles Austin scored two touchdowns oh. on me, tied the game, and then won it in overtime. So... Of course, fans are mad, and I got death threats on my Facebook wall, and it ended up getting taken off. But you know, like there was a guy putting like the photos of that game, and was like, "This is what you know happened and stuff." Just like, all right, I you act like I did it on purpose, but <laughs> that's but you know, and I was, and I was like, "Never in a million years would that happen ever again." And you know, it it helped mold me into the DB I am today. So yeah. I'm not like. It's it's it seems
0: like death threats, that's, yeah,
2: <laughs> that's serious. And p- the people that
0: take it that far, I wonder, like, what goes through their head when they decide <laughs> to post something like that? Where is their
2: moral values lie? Uh, I, I grew up in one of the roughest neighborhoods in the world. A threat is a threat. That's it. And, uh, and I'm not, I, I wasn't worried about it. That was the last thing of my worry. And uh, I'm more worried about blinking and breathing <laughs> at the same time than a death threat. Has, has there ever
0: been an, an incident where someone, like, physically uh, attacked you or was um,
2: verbally, I guess, during or after a game even? Uh, I played arena football once and, and right before I came up here. Uh, and we were in Spokane. And we're scrambling for for the football fumble. And a guy turns and like tried to do a, the Chris bent wall where he twist the arm and then like sit on it yeah and he tried to like it felt like he was getting ready to break my shoulder and good thing i was like strong enough to like lift him up to get him off me yeah uh that was probably like the 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 worst you know Physical because fit because it it extended outside of of the game of football mm-hmm. and it you know we're 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 supposed to be brothers at the end of the day it's just all competition and it looked like you it felt like you were trying to and not just you know take me out the (laughs) game but take take my career away from me and this is how we feed our family so like that was a dirty shot yeah and then you know if i'm a scrapper too uh what was it, the, the home game from B.C.? I'm a, I'm a scrapper, so I like to do that. <laughs>
1: See, my thing with football was always if it's within the rule book and it's within like the play, I'm fine with anything that happens. But as, as soon as you get outside of that was when I would like, that's when my meter would go up and I would want to get revenge on those players because I just don't, there's no place for dirty football players out there and I always wanted them to get theirs,
2: yeah, even if you give me a cheap shot, I'm gonna find a way to come get you <laughs> <laughs> legally, you know, and that that was always been my like my motto, even when I trained like there's there's no room for uh, softness, I wouldn't say uh feminism because like our, our women like women are one of the tougher human beings, like they are the tougher human beings out of male and female. Uh, so it was just like n- no time to curl up or back down or anything like that. Just yeah. You can't be soft, even in the weight room. And that that extends from the music, your mind, everything. You can't take anything for granted.
1: That's interesting because I've always found that there's a playlist for almost everything that I'm doing, whether I'm running, whether I'm in the weight room, whether I'm you know out by a pool, there's a playlist for everything. And I always try <laughs> and build that too. So it's funny that you say that. Even the music has to be, like, get you in that mindset and get you, like, there's no backing down from the weights. Like, you just have to push through, so.
2: Yeah, like, for me, when I go in, I want to listen to the most violent music. (laughs) And it because it actually gives you that extra adrenaline to push through, like, a hard rep. And this is my mind frame when I go into a football game. It's either him or me, and... The weights never lose. So (laughs) you don't want to end up hurting yourself. I've, you know, I tore my peck with the Lions, which ended my NFL career. And like, you know, I I took for granted for a half a second, let my guard down for a half a second, and I tore my peck. So my mind frame is go and all the time when I'm in that
1: situation. So how tough is that to then come back? Mentally and physically. I know at, at the end of last year, you went through the Achilles injury. So how, how tough is it to go through that time and just keep positive and just know that you're going to come back better and stronger?
2: I was, I was determined. And guys, guys joke about it in the locker rooms. Like, it's, it's my fault that we didn't win a great Cup because <laughs> I wasn't there, to, you know, <laughs> to, to lead the guys. And, and I didn't look at it like that, but I still looked at it as it was my fault. Because guy I'm not a I'm not a vocal leader, but I'll just show you better than I could tell you. Like I'm not a rah rah guy. I don't talk. I don't I don't do it. I like to laugh and joke with you, but when it comes down to business, I let someone else do the speaking and I do the showing. And it was my fault in the sense when I went down, the guy like the guys around were not prepared as if I was going down. So it's like they weren't, they weren't ready. Like it should be next man up, and yeah. and it should We shouldn't have missed the beat, and that's why I feel like, in a sense, like that's my fault. Uh, sorry.
0: Can you can you run us through like what exactly happened uh, to injure your
2: Achilles heel? Well, I mean, it just it just popped. I jumped up, yeah, and once I caught the onside, I I planted that foot and it just popped. Yeah, and I just, fell you just to the felt ground. the pop, and um, and then I'm looking around, and I was like, "Did someone kick me?" And guys were laughing, like, "No," and I pulled my sock down. And I was like, "Ah, oh, Kobe!" And then everyone started <laughs> laughing, and I was like, "God, I can't believe I tore my Achilles," and <laughs> and they were like, "No, you're lying!" Like both team BC and you know some of my teammates, they were like. Like You're yeah. playing. I was like, no, no. And yeah, I and like, disbelief. I can't you believe. can't be injured. Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's so tough. That's one of the things that can make or break some seasons is just keeping people healthy. And, and oftentimes as a fan, you don't necessarily see that. But with, with you going down, I even had that thought too, which it was like something's missing on our defense in the playoffs this is, is kind of how I felt because I think your ability to, to make plays happen in big moments I remember one of my favorite plays, I don't know, this is just jumping in my head, it was the end of a game, I think it was a third and one, and you come up from the linebacker spot and tackle them, and they were going in to score, they're on like the third yard three yard line, fourth yard line, yeah, Yeah. and you ended up, and that was near the end of the game too, I think there might have been under a minute left, and it sealed the deal, and it's like, you need clutch players to make clutch plays, and, and it's tough to find people to do that.
2: Yeah, and yeah, I remember that play, but why not someone else either? You know, it's true. If it wasn't for the other guys, you know, I did put an effort in, but the other guys help, and I always give credit to the teammates. If I score a touchdown, let's go out to eat. It's on me, you know. Like <laughs> I take all the guys out to eat, and I always look for like, if it wasn't for you, then he wouldn't have threw the ball here. If it wasn't for you, they would, you know, they wouldn't have ran it here for me to, you know, allowing me to make the play.
1: It's maybe one of the most interesting things about football is there's no other sport where you get that many males typically in the same room, whether it's the fifty-two man roster or I forget exactly how many you have in in CFL it's rosters. Like I 54, know it's fifty-four. Yeah, and then it's a couple of 55. practice roster guys too. So it's to get that many people together. It's an interesting community that uh, that forms as well. I always found it was you take the good with the bad because sometimes you get to the hyper masculinity where it's like. It's just a puffing <laughs> chest match a little bit, but then you also have the brotherhood and the camaraderie, and you really keep each other in check, though, too.
2: Yeah, and you know, I would say ninety percent of you know each team are all alphas, <laughs> all alpha males, <laughs> and you you still have to like great leaders know when to follow. So if you don't, if you if you don't allow you, if you're not, you have to even be a better follower to be a great leader because I have, there's someone that always taught, you know, that leader Mm -hmm. and this situation might not be made for me to lead right now and it's just like waiting your turn. All right, this is your, this is your opportunity. There's like, each play is designed for a specific person to make a play, to lead that, lead that play. Offense and defense. So when my number is called, all right, now I have to this is my turn. Delete, and that's how you manage all the alphas.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because you say that you're the in- entertainer and just like to keep things light. And I find the best teams it's you take things really seriously. You have that alpha mentality, but you also need the guys in the room that keep things a little bit more fun and just relaxed. Because if you get too up before games, sometimes you just it gets too chaotic, you use that rage, and then if you get scored on, you turn on each other. So you need that that like that common ground because I have a time like when we played high school, we had somebody in our semifinal game like flip a table at halftime, and it was just not the right moment to do that. We just weren't that type of team either. And then the next year, we were cracking jokes before a championship game and we were like making fun of this guy and just hanging out and like <laughs> dancing around in the and that was our team's vibe. And then we went out there and we won that game. And it was we got down two touchdowns early, and and yet we never turned on each other. So it's interesting to try and make that that balance between the alpha mentality and the and the fun and and just enjoyment of it all.
2: Yeah, everyone has different personalities. If if someone sees me not like if I'm not joking and playing around before before the game while I'm in the locker room, someone's like, "Are you okay? You know what's going on? You know, hey." Because I'm joking nonstop, like from beginning to end, I'm yawning on the field, like oh, I'm bored. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I need some action or something like that, and they're like oh, okay. Mo, Mo's Mo's good, you know. It, and I still get I get the butterflies before every game, and I'm like I'm not the same until I get get that one hit in. And then I'll be good.
1: <laughs> That's funny. I always thought the same thing, too. It took one hit to feel in the game. It was usually a big, like, it was weirdly a hit to the head that would just wake me up. And then, then I'd be good to go. I'd be in it. I'd feel, like, complete adrenaline towards the game and then be able to <laughs> power through. I know that sounds bad for any <laughs> neurologist. There.
0: Is, there, is there any, like, uh, sort of preparation, any music you listen to that you do
2: before every game oh, that kind of gets you hyped up or get I mean, going? like lately i would say the past 2 years i've been listening to my own music nice, <laughs> nice. Hey. i thought
1: but you I, don't say whatever works
2: oh i'm not singing though for sure <laughs> but my just almighty all stars music and uh just a bunch of guys that i know that, that that's pretty much it um i'll throw some dmx in there just just to get a little hype right. <laughs> <laughs> but like that that's pretty much it like my my preparation i'm just I sleep as much as I can and stretch and like I, I'm having fun. That's it. That's all I want to do is have fun with it. is yeah. there
0: uh, Is there a lot of emphasis or uh, expectation from say the bombers to like stay in shape, stay fit, like go to the gym, and is there ever a point where they they become worried about like any of the players being
2: injured off the field? Well, we have an accountability board <laughs> um, just for for their weight room and you know you get check marks and stuff like that but everyone has a different regimen and um they do a great job of you know getting guys healthy you know if something happens or keeping guys healthy and and we just try to hold each other each other accountable so we won't get there because fatigue sets in and and you you once the fatigue sets in you can't you can't like let up because that's when you you actually hurt yourself or something like that things just happen you get rolled up on like from another body yeah it, it, it you know things happen it's, it, it's it's life and it's the game of football but like for me when i tore my achilles and i'm like are you upset at it i'm like no i, like, I gave everything i had so why would i be upset
1: yeah that's I, a good mentality yeah, very good so, what's it like when you're finally out there in front of thousands of fans, and then do you feel that that fans have the ability to affect the game on the field?
2: I don't hear the fans at all No? Like, I, it, I put the helmet on i can, I, I can't hear anything okay. I just okay. just focused on what's around We have bodies trying to take your head off, let alone listening to you know to the fans and investors group by far is the loudest yeah and in every league like they're in arrowhead are the loud like i said this is a canadian arrowhead stadium because once it gets rocking it's you can't hear you can't even hear yourself you, you try to talk to yourself out loud you can't hear yourself and it's i love it i, I think love that. yeah i think winnipeg has a reputation for being the loudest in most sporting events <laughs> yeah and those those moments right there, those were priceless, and love the fans for that. When I got back out there, I was uh, you know, a little a little a little shaky about you know my confidence. It wasn't about my ability. It was just like, oh man, is it is it is it good enough to go? You know, yeah. Like when it was actually when the bullets were flying, but I think I think I'm feeling pretty well. Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah a lot of people go through that just that confidence and coming back, especially with a serious injury, and you just gotta get out there and just it's gotta feel natural and sometimes it doesn't feel exactly how it used to feel or or what have you so uh, I've definitely been through that a couple of times I think
2: that, your your record speaks pretty well for you, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean for for me uh I try to play smarter than than harder like physically i I try to keep that to a minimum. And I have it's so rare for me to run full speed. If I have to go run someone down then then I would run full speed. But even when I'm when the ball's in my hands, I'm not running full speed at all. And I and then like you worried about someone catching you. That's the least of my worries. <laughs> even now, I'm not worried about someone catching me or running by me because I know I'm I'm physically able to do that.
1: My dad always said it that it's and he, he was a hockey coach for a long time, but he said it's 90% mental, 10% physical. And if you play that way, if you're smart enough and you put yourself in the right spots, it's like, it's a little bit, I think, more equal than that. I think but it's 80-20. <laughs> it's about 80-20. 80-20,
2: 80-20, you know, 20% physical. And guys, like, even, like, the younger guys, but when I had that amazing uh, year and it, with all the pick sixes, and, like, the rookies were like, how'd you see that? Like see what that like it it takes reps film study just you know countless countless hours i've seen it over and over again so that
0: kind of brings me to the next question sorry to interrupt (laughs) (laughs) um when you're looking do you look back a lot on your own plays and just kind of study your film and and just kind of go forward and try to like how does that work
2: I look at myself a lot. I love myself. And <laughs> I love myself, hey, and love I, I want to better myself, and I also when I'm looking at myself, I'm self scouting. So it's like, now, what is my weakness on this particular play? They might attack me that way. Yeah, I don't. If they if they know what I'm doing, they know what I'm doing. But execution is key, and I want to be able to execute at a high level.
1: It was interesting. Like it. One of the things that you said was your confidence was a little bit shaky, but I think just through knowing you, the the few times that we've been around <laughs> each other, but I you strike me as a very confident person, and you have a lot of swagger. And I wanted to know if that's something <laughs> that's always been a part of you, or if that's something that's developed over time.
2: Uh, I'm a that's me, but I'm just I'm laid back, and when I say like it was, my confidence was a little shaky, I'm mean, I was you know a new position. Didn't get any reps at it, like proper reps or anything like that. Com- I'm coming off an Achilles injury. You know, it's it's like a it's severe, just like a an ACL. And
0: ooh, ACL. Yeah, so <laughs> so you
2: you're you're like you get practice, practice practice is practice. You know, you work hard and everything like that. Now you're going against someone else that you don't see on a regular basis. So now it's like their tendencies change and you try to put too much into it mentally and you're not playing as fast as you would normally play
1: that's funny it re- that reminded me of uh alan iverson saying practice talking <laughs> about practice not even a game practice and then he didn't miss a practice in the rest of his career <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's but, basketball basketball and football are completely different and oh, yeah. and he's talking about team practice but it, it you know that's a whole different story <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, what is your favorite thing to do in your downtime and what helps you recharge so you can dominate on the field?
2: Oh, man. I like to eat, sleep. <laughs> yes, I answer. like to eat, sleep. And I have so many video games. Like, I just sit there in the bed and play 2K. Like, I even, like, my son is like, Oh, you want to play 2K? And he, it's like he'll want to play it. And then I'm like, Man, I can't play it. So I just bought another system <laughs> and just put it in my room. And he has the xbox three you know Xbox one, and he's still coming there and playing my p s four I'm like, dude, you got the same <laughs> video game right there and, like that's like those are the things I like to do. I listen to music, uh I'll write some music and 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 that's it <laughs> well, it must be
1: tough to just have that that work life balance, especially I know whenever I was in football season, it was like that sole focus was on football, and when you got home. And that was usually, I mean, in university. So you had your studies, which sometimes football players weren't the best at studying. But I was somebody who wanted to get through that side too. But it's just like you just that sole focus goes into being physically, mentally prepared for the season. That it's tough to find that balance during. We have
2: great study habits. It's on what we want. (laughs) We don't because to watch film that's studying. We're studying our opponent, and you know we're we're more than just jocks we more more than just jocks it's uh are like athletes only put effort in to what they're interested in and that and that's how i've always been uh i like me i'm not i'm not the biggest person I'm like oh i'm reading no you put some numbers in front of me that's me right there uh, mm-hmm. growing up there was this game called challenge 24 and I, like i loved it i loved it but Oh read this novel excuse me <laughs> what's uh what's challenge twenty four challenge twenty four uh so you there's four numbers top down left right okay. and then you have to come up with a formula that be with all four numbers the best way with the with the um to come up with twenty four okay so it's like six one yeah you know, six one four zero and you have to come up with a formula uh, addition subtraction multiplication and then instructions are in the middle of what you can and can't use okay interesting. it it, it, it was never heard of that it was fun it it was fun they they actually had tournaments down in atlanta and back down in the states and regional tournaments and like u.s tournaments do you ever miss it back home in pennsylvania or while you went to school in georgia right i went i went to school in both i went to college and Georgia, I went to high school, in Georgia as well. Uh, but I miss both. Uh, like, there's this game called Release that we played in Pittsburgh. It's like team tag okay, with a base. And if you get tagged, you go to that base, and you have to wait for one of your teammates to come and run up and tag the base and say release, and then everyone's scattered. <laughs> but kind of like a manhunt. Kind of like manhunt, <laughs> but... I like the same. We we of that. loved it. We would play. We would play from if it's the weekend. We would be out like ten in the morning, nine, ten in the morning, and we won't we won't stop until like three a.m. <laughs> really, and then because and I say nine ten in the morning because you will wake up at six and you have to do what your you know your grandparents. I stay with my grandmother, so we would go around the neighborhood, clean up the neighborhood, picking up bricks, uh, the good bricks. We would take it back to our house and make pathways around our garden, and you know that was chores from 6 to 9 6 to 10 those were chores and that we would play with wow. the entire neighborhood would we'll play There's like 60 kids wow. that,
1: that's interesting do you find that that's maybe a a subtle part of your development that made you a better football player in the end
2: oh no man uh playing with the older kids and getting my teeth knocked out a couple of times <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> that helped that
1: helped and then
2: just growing up and they're like oh you're too small and you're, you're not you're not fast enough, strong enough. I was always the small kid growing up. My my first year of high school, I was five three, one fifteen. Oh wow. Wow. Uh, my son is ten years old and he's five one right now. <laughs> <laughs> and well, only it's safe thing... to say you'll
0: surpass you. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So and then the second year I was five five one thirty five. My first year I got hit so hard that he made me cough up blood. Wow. From our all American linebackers. <laughs> he ended up going to UGA and playing fullback. So he, he ended up he's like he He could play. Yeah, he could play. <laughs> I went across the middle. He he knocked everything off except for the ball. Like my even my gloves came off. Oh, Coughed wow. up blood, cracked ribs, bruised Sternum, it was all bad. <laughs> Those things made me what because I was like, I'm not getting hit like that again. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it was plays a teacher. Into your there was a smart. teacher there was a teacher because i for one i hated to read but i love poetry for some reason and i i would i would read poetry though I, I can do that and write poetry but um my my literature teacher teacher told me that she would be surprised if i made it past a semester of junior college really yeah so it, those things fueled me my coach said the same thing and I was just like really all right
0: that's, so it's like you you've never taken no as an answer so that that I think that's very important and any successful person oh, most, would most definitely say that.
2: if if people if people from Pittsburgh if I wanted to do business in Pittsburgh and I told them where I was from they would frown upon me and would like 95% of them wouldn't do business with me just because of where I'm from
0: wow that's 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 crazy to me you know what i hear i hear stories of it but to actually hear about the truth of it it's it's that seems insane because it doesn't that doesn't define someone at least to me yeah
2: it's it you know even even to this day uh i'm raising i'm raising a, a gentleman with my fiance like so like this is how i was raised i'm not holding the door open for a female. I can just picture my grandmother beating me upside the head with a Pepsi bottle, <laughs> and it's still Pepsi in there, which is her favorite drink. So she's even more mad because it's fizzing up, making it go flat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like those little things help you develop into a great football player, great athlete. Just mentally, physically, you still have to put the work in, of course.
1: Yeah, we've. Well, I went through a similar thing. My mom pulled me aside because I didn't hold the door open. I was young and I remember it, but I didn't hold the the door open for an elderly couple and she's like, "You hold the door open." And it's but it's something it's it's those character building moments and the people around you building you up and and showing you what kind of person to be in the world, like right from wrong and everything. But uh no, it's 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 interesting the effect that that those little things have on you. But we've talked about it before on the podcast about being the smaller man or being the we call the, the gray men in the in the military right. and so the people that are somewhere in the middle so not not the underachievers not the pure talent guys the the guys somewhere in the middle that are willing to put in the work and actually you know day after day in the weight room because there's you got to hold yourself accountable most of the time like there's a lot of guys who are super talented that right. take the easy way they don't spend the time uh. in the weight room <laughs> But then they don't make it to those next echelons. Like, those are the guys who who cop out in uh, college ball or university or just never make it to the pros. Yeah,
2: there's people now like, like, man, I'm proud of you. Even though I don't talk to them a lot, it's like, man, I remember, uh, like when I was in Pittsburgh, oh, man, I remember you're you're taking your dog, like your grandmother's dog, around the entire neighborhood. We'll be gone for like four hours, and I'm jogging and the neighbors would see us they would feel sorry for the dog they would bring some water out for the dog in the summertime because it's like man he's really like like running with this dog it's like i didn't need any water or anything like that the dog needed it it was a chow, and that dog loved every time i you know got that leash because he knew he was going for a good walk and we had to take breaks for the dog not me and then i moved to you know atlanta and for high school then Every like during lunch period, I would eat my lunch fast, go work out. And they're like, What are you doing? I'm working out. I'm like, man, I'm going to the NFL. That's what the first thing I said, I'm going to the NFL. Go to college. I'm like, hey, you wanna go to this party? I I I I'll catch up with you guys later. Gotta I, this I gotta do this. I gotta work out. I gotta gotta train. And my recruit visit, there was a couple guys in there and I was like, I'm going to the NFL. And they thought I was crazy. <laughs> and it was just the determination. Like I'm not. This is what I want to do. Nothing's gonna stop me. i I might have steered off the path a little bit, yeah. but I sounds I got like back you had on your, that path yeah. as quickly
0: as possible. Sounds like you had your priorities straightened. That it's like just uh, talking about like going to the
2: gym rather than going to parties or. I mean, my priorities sometimes got out of order. Sure. And once I've noted, once I noticed, it, I put being, them back right? in place. Yeah. yeah. I just I put them back in place because it's like, "Oh, my grades are slipping. What do you mean I can't play football next semester?" Oh, let me no. And then just go right back to doing like someone, that, you know, sometimes you need someone to tell you. Yeah. This is what this is what's going on. And this is what's going to happen if it continues. Yeah. And and once that, I just I just it just clicked.
1: Well, that's definitely it's it's the path to success isn't a straight line it's all over the place sometimes you feel like you're developing great and everything's going well and you're training and you're you're playing well on the field and then maybe there's a setback you get bumped up you get injured hurt or somebody yeah, comes I, I along and says i still feel like i'm going spot.
2: i'm going in a circle right now i'm trying <laughs> to get back you know it's like a figure eight i think i'm like
1: backwards right now but but i'm
2: i'm i'm coming forward soon <laughs> there
1: you go well and that also when you were talking it reminded me of the quote it's 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 study while they party or yeah, study while they party, work while they sleep and just like, so it's, it's do all the right things that people aren't willing to do to get there.
2: I'm that person, the things that people are scared to do, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it. If you're afraid to say it and I know it's right, I'm going to say it. And that, that, that's always been me. I've never, I've, I'm not that one. It's like, oh, well this is in style or this is what everyone else is doing all right fine like i was the kid that you know everyone's wearing jordans i'm wearing british knights and la gears kangaroos pro kids and even in the nfl i was doing it
0: you also strike me just by the way you talk and even by the way you act on the field as a team player and um i guess i don't always see that in a lot of a lot of players at least on on television or the way they talk in interviews but definitely in the way just you've talked in the, and today, um, you seem very humble. Um, just the fact that you contribute your success to all the players on your team and your defense. Um, do you ever come across other players, uh, even on the Bombers or in your past, that have been on, kind of on that lo- other level of extreme where they think it's all about themselves?
2: Yeah, of course. There's a bunch of guys that I've, <laughs> that I've encountered like that. This is actually my eleventh pro year, and you see those me, me, me guys, and and we see 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 you later, and yeah, and on a different team, and that, that turns around and uh kills kills your career because you, you were so good in a system, but you were so worried about yourself, we had to get rid of you, and it, it's it's a team sport it's a team sport there's nothing else you yeah. can say about it
1: we've and talked so, about it a lot before about the cockiness versus confidence yeah. and how the cocky guys might win games they might have a great year but that the guys with sustained greatness have that confidence in not only themselves but the people around them and they bring they bring people around them up from that too
2: yeah like do i want to make every play of course yeah. but you can still you know make the play without making the tackle you know, hey, I did my job. You made the play. If you do, if you're trying to go make the play somewhere else, and you didn't worry about your job first, next thing you know, the ball is going where you were supposed to be. And uh, Coach Boudreaux, he has uh, he brought in this uh, he brought in this board and it, and his team, but it's an acronym. So together, everyone achieves more. And a lot of and like the young guys like oh that's amazing and stuff like that and it's like yeah a team you know it, yeah. it's like that's what a team is and once you start working together like you'll make your plays yeah it, we're we're out there for 3 hours <laughs> you're going to make your plays of course so i'm not worried about making every play if if someone else is making the plays that means that the opponent respected me enough not to come my way there's a great saying, uh, I can't remember who said it, um, a great player will win you a game, a great
0: team will win you a, a
2: championship. And we're, we're moving forward like that. We're moving forward and we're growing as a team each and every practice, each and every day on and off the field, and that, that yeah. is something special.
0: Yeah, and to see where the Bombers have come in the last couple of years, it's, it definitely shows on the field how far you guys have come as a team. So I, I, personally, as a Bombers fan,
2: I'm glad to see that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm glad I've I've taken my lumps and and since I've been here, and I'm glad that we, you know we finally made it. You know, a a trend that we're we're winning and going to the playoffs. Now it's time to to get the Grey Cup because that's that that's the end goal. And yeah. even for the selfish guys, I'm like, do do your job because if you do your job, like you worried about tackles, you are worried about money. Well, if you do your job, you you'll make tackles. You make your tackles. You make those plays. You get paid, yeah. plain and simple. No matter what, because we we can't get paid if we're uh, if we're not in the playoffs. We're not at, if we're if we're at home just hanging around lounging. We lose money that way. Right.
1: That's something that I've seen in both Winnipeg sports teams, well, major pro sports teams, is it seems that the cultures are now right in the dressing rooms, and they they. Both ownerships have brought in the right people. just like I think the players that, that we've drafted, that we've brought into the system in, in both NFL or sorry CFL and, uh, and in, in professional hockey, I think it's just like bringing in those character guys and the people that, that are going to do the right things on and off the field and in the community and say the right things, is, it's like those are the teams that win championships and we have not had that in a long time not that i've ever seen so it's nice that it seems it seems to be a point of both both sets of ownership to bring in the right people to do those right things
2: yeah you, but you still need your jerks and your turds like for sure you still need those. <laughs> you
1: you still need those guys like you
2: know that like the goons you need you, you still need the goons and um the difference the difference between like the the teams in the past and now our goons still have great character and it, it hasn't always been like that since I've been here. Yeah. And that that's, that's a good thing because, uh, like a lot of, a lot of the guys that I hang out with, like they're like, Oh, you're, you know, you're a butthole, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, but we're respectful to each other, we're respectful to others. Uh, and you, you, can't, you can't buy that. No,
0: it goes a long way,
2: for sure.
1: One of the other football-related questions I had is, as an undrafted free agent out of Valdosta State, that's correct. Right? Valdosta. Valdosta. <laughs> Said it wrong, but uh, <laughs> did you have a time where you felt like a pro football career wouldn't happen for you? And what gives you that drive and motivation to Whew, succeed?
2: Man, uh, I got in trouble uh, during the playoffs. We had a bad week, and I got in trouble. And I uh, I got suspended, and I'm like, oh man, it's over, you know. And it and then once once I spoke with the coaches and everything, San Francisco was sitting there waiting on me to you know to interview me, and I'm like, man, this is this is it. And like I can't believe I messed up, and that was one of those moments where I was like, I gotta I gotta find a way to get back, find a way. Once I got there and I didn't get drafted, I was supposed to get drafted, I didn't get drafted. Now I'm like, like, but there was teams calling and and everything, and I chose Kansas City out of all of them. That was the least amount of money, and I just wanted to play, and I felt like it was the right fit. Herm Edwards gave me that opportunity, but when I went there, that was the ultimate, like, I can't believe I'm not making this team because they gave me Priest Holmes' number. Uh (laughs) the legendary running back for kansas city and i was like uh i'm getting cut like that was the first (laughs) thing because you're not going to give you know yeah to somebody that you're going to keep and i'm like "Man," and then he retired i was like all right and then my confidence started building and like these guys did a prank on me like i didn't make the team and Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I missed the first practice of my professional career, rough. and uh, and but I that's why I said I, I love her because most guys would have got cut from there and got you know fined, and, um, <laughs> and he didn't believe in finding you as a player from the club. He took it upon the the teammates to do that, and that's what happened. And I, I took the consequences with it, and but. That first week was against the New England Patriots, and it was like, oh. <laughs> but you know, those those things you just need to to soak in, and that little bit of doubt mm-hmm. probably made all of that like, oh, I actually believed it, you know. And it's like now to this day, it's like, no, you got to kick me out. <laughs> it's,
0: I think that's the right mentality to have for sure. Yeah. Um, How did you find the transition from coming from, I guess, NFL and the Arena Football you're playing to the CFL? Well,
2: to me, when when someone that doesn't know about CFL football, well, yeah, CFL is it's a mix of NFL, AFL, and rugby. It's a very all in one, (laughs) all in one because you have the motion uh, like the Arena Football League, and then you have your, you know, the same concept as the NFL, and then. Also, as as rugby with the Rouge and all that stuff, so that's that was my whole mind. Like, I watched rugby, you know. I, I watched, I played arena, I played NFL, and believe it or not, when we grew up as kids, we played rugby. At the end of the day, you know, it's just it's just a different name. They called it free frog and throw them up, bust them up. It's just different things that you call it. you just toss the football up one person catches it and then 30 other people try- has to tackle you mm-hmm. and then you throw it back up and then someone else gets it that's how you know you prepare yourself for it and I didn't I didn't take it lightly um, everyone was giving me that warning it's not as easy as you think I, I don't I don't take anything for granted I don't care if if my son was in front of me i'm knock him out just like <laughs> just like he's you know someone he's an opponent and I, I don't take anyone lightly i don't take anyone for granted uh if you're a lesser opponent i'm trying to embarrass you and say i don't want i don't want to line up against him again in
1: in my own life it's the people that i've played the toughest games against you end up being closest with after the fact which it's there's a level of hatred and respect at the same time of your of your rival team or whoever you're playing against <laughs> because it's well you want to go out there you want to knock their head off you want to score touchdowns you want to embarrass them but if you play in those tight games it's almost hard to just it's like there is that amount of respect that goes along with that too
2: yeah the the respect the respect is there I respect every man I might not like you and everything like that there's like this team this teams I just can't stand. Like, <laughs> And uh, I I can't wait like I circle like the games like oh I want to play them I want to play Calgary uh, the guy the guy that I couldn't stand was uh, Markway McDaniel for Calgary when he when he was playing he always like for some reason he just he, he we we played that game against each other and he he talked. Like, can be talked to me, he he got under my skin. I didn't do a lot of talking. He didn't do a lot of talking to me. But when he did, it got under my skin. And Calgary has been good for so long, too. And it's like, man, they keep slipping away. Or, you know, like the field goal, and they end up winning by one point. And it was just, like, different ones. And he's, like, he's really, like, the only person that catches passes on me. (laughs) And it's like, I can't believe he caught another pass. Not the pass. We have our battles, and it's a good battle. It's a good battle. It was like, like, oh man, I almost had it. Like I got a pick when I was guarding him. They throw a flag and say pass interference, right, and then another one where it's like, oh, I almost had it. I not had to knock the ball down, and I didn't put two hands up. And, yeah, and uh, he says like, you can't hold me all day, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna hit you like. <laughs> let me get just one good time and that like that that is that one person that like i have the utmost respect for but i can't like i you love to play it. against them, but i couldn't stand <laughs> <it>.
1: <laughs> yeah i wanted to shift gears a little bit um because i could talk football for hours and hours, and <laughs> yeah, hours but i do want to know a little bit more about mo leggett the man so what would you like to be known for in this life, and what is something about you that not many people would expect?
2: Oh, well, I want to be known for, you know, just a respectful person and always willing to help others. And I do that each and every day. I go out my way to help others. I go out my way to help others, and I'm, I'm trying to dial back because, you know, there's people in this world that, you know, take advantage of it, take it for granted, and, you know, I can't be nice to everyone, I guess. <laughs> and I try to get everyone to like me. And and I think that's a flaw for me because I battle it mentally. But, and it it gets to me. And what was the second
1: one? second one is, what is something about you not many people would expect? <sighs> I
2: don't know. Not expect. Uh, I'll push my son out the way if he's trying to, uh, like... Like sit next to my grandmother <laughs> like i'm i'm like i'm a i'm a grandma's boy, both of like my grandmother and great grandmother um this one incident I took them back to my hometown and and i i sit in in a spot a particular spot my grandmother sits on the edge of the couch and she's watching t v i'll sit I'll sit on the floor and lay my head on her knee, and she'll rub my head while we're watching t v together and <laughs> It's on the left side, so Malik, you know my son Malik, he's trying to sit on my that left side, and I just pushed him out the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "You better get on the other side because this one's mine." Like that—that's that, that, me. I'm like the, the super mom's boy.
1: I really enjoyed what you said. Uh, I so this podcast itself. And and even one of my personal life goals is just to make a positive difference in people's lives. And it's something that it's always been on the top of the resume. And it's always something that I've been been just accustomed to in my own life, like just live a life for others and then you'll be fulfilled. But one of the thing is, things that I've come to know is you got to keep your own cup full before you can help other people around you. And I think that you said exactly that where it's there are people that just take that energy and or or what have you and take your positivity and and so you got to make sure to to use it where it's needed and where it can be helpful but not at the detriment to yourself you can't give too much of yourself yeah
2: away. i i look at it like uh like an idea had popped in my head like a, a year ago and i'm like uh you know how um you have the flight attendants and they're explaining all the safety precautions and they're like put your mask on before you you put someone else's on to help them and put theirs on i'm like that that's that's like with life you have to you can't help someone else out if you're not in a position to help yeah and even when i'm not in a position to help others i still go out my way and do it it's like like i'm gasping for air to put your mask on them and i pass out trying to put yours on and we're both passed out it's the. it's like, ah, all right, like we have to switch it up a little bit. I
0: think that's the best analogy for that that I've heard yet. I like that. I'm probably going to use that. So I might steal that from you.
1: Well, and we've even talked about Jordan Peterson a lot on this, but just he talks about clean up your own space. So whatever your yeah. living space, of, even if it's a room within a house or a basement, whatever it is, and then the relationships closest to you, your family, can, can something be better there and spend some energy on that before you're trying to change the world? Because we're almost taught in school now that you should have these ideologies that change the world and help others. And, and it's like, but if you don't have your own S together, if you don't have your own things together, then you really can't do that at the end of the day.
2: Yeah. And because your life is, going to go in shambles real you know rather quickly if if you don't put it in order and then help others it's you know the the like most of the women they like the single woman gives relationship like marriage advice to the married ones and it's like why aren't you married you know what you know it's just like that or you know the, the the single male friends the bachelors and they're over there like man, you should do this for your wife. Like, dude, you don't even have a wife. <laughs> How do you it's know? the same thing? It's like, <laughs> man, like, yeah, you, you have to put yourself in order first, and then it's like, I'm not giving someone advice that I've never been in the situation. Yeah. Like, if I've been in that situation, and, you know, I'll give you advice if you ask for it, but I'm not just going to voluntarily just... Just impose it on yeah, you. No, yeah. Just, all right, whatever. Are you, like, if someone's ex- like, oh, man, I did not Like, are you asking for my opinion or cuz if you don't physically ask for my opinion I'll be like oh okay and then like and most people say like oh you you're just a you know a, you're a jerk <laughs> <laughs> it's just like why, why am i a jerk you know what do you want me to say i don't know what to say yeah. to it because you didn't ask for my opinion i don't want to do it. i don't want people to do that to me That's people fair. do yeah. it and i just like i ignore it but people do it
1: yeah it's all about you have to have those experiences before you can ever share them with somebody so that well, definitely makes yeah, sense
2: to do it
0: do unto others what you expect them to yeah. return to you right yeah. so yeah if you, you don't want that
2: from other people <laughs> why would you offer it to other people yeah, yeah it's yeah. like oh i did not ask for your opinion like <laughs> that is my like my whole brain and i'm yeah. like if someone texts me that and i that's the i'm like all right, I'm blocking you for it the seems, rest of the day. It that seems just, more often than not that someone <laughs> is just ready to jump to give their yeah, opinion. They want like, to, right? And for me, like, if I ask you about your day, I'm asking you about your day. I'm not telling you about my day. <laughs> but most people ask and then they you start about telling. your day so they can tell you about the <laughs> day. It's like I, I I have to catch myself a couple of times because I'm like, I didn't ask. Like, I did <laughs> <Just laughs> I, I did But it's like, oh. Like, or someone's like, you didn't tell me about your day. Uh, why would I tell you about my day? Did you ask about my day? <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't. I asked you about your day, and that's all I'm going to leave it at that.
1: Oh, okay, that's good.
2: Then bye. Like, it's nothing else I have to say.
1: Yeah. It's tough to just have that likability. You want to be liked, and you want to be friendly to people, but every once in a while, there's that voice in the back of your head going... This person's just talking about what's wrong or what's the, what. There's yeah. nothing coming back to me or there's no, no care on the other uh, side. Yeah. So There's one person, person that
2: keeps me keeps me uh, in order in the <laughs> locker room because like, I think I can get off the handle a little quick. Kevin Fogg. <laughs> I, I thank him for that. Is it his
1: birthday today, too? <laughs> it's not his birthday anymore. It's not it's his, his birthday, birthday anymore. anymore. <laughs> no, he
2: those, those rookie days are over with for him and he's having a great year. And I, actually, his birthday is four days after mine.
1: Oh, there we go. So, real birthday. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: so his real birthday, <laughs> and like when we first met, we just just like jailed together, like like we've known each other for a very long time. And I think like I, I'm not I'm not into like you know your your sign or anything like that. But I mean, we're we're close in the birthdays and. He he's my little voice on the show. He's like, he's the little angel on the shoulder. Like you shouldn't do that. Come on, Mo. No, don't
1: do it. And I'm like, all right. Well, it's great. It's, it's sometimes those, there's those people that come along that it seems fated that you meet. And I don't believe in fate. I think it's kind of a silly thing, but there's just those people that you gel with or that you even have that inkling that, Oh, this is a similar person. They're similar minded. Cause even Jason, myself, we met playing dodgeball. We probably didn't, we didn't, we didn't talk very much in the beginning points, but I just no. went, this is a like-minded person and I want to get to know him better. And then sure enough, we worked together and had two hour long discussions about the universe and, yeah. and Roman times and everything <laughs> in between. So you just, you know, when you've met somebody that's just, that's similar to you, but that you have that kindred spirit and even that brotherhood with.
2: Yeah. Things happen for a reason. And it's like, oh, this universe is like, it, it brought me him. Because, you know, I I started finding myself coming off track and he's the holy I call him the holy version of me. <laughs> because he's he's a very spiritual person and and he he makes sure he's like, No, you shouldn't do that and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, go home for a day. <laughs> let, let just let me be me. And, yeah. <laughs> and it it's he has his moments, too, and then I have to turn into him. And I'm like, <laughs> you're rubbing off on me. I used to condone in this stuff. Now I'm like, no, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: good. You can play each other's conscience every uh. once in a while. But I think it's everybody goes through those ebbs and flows. Sometimes yeah. you're on top of the world and everything's great. And sometimes you go through those lows or have to get back on track. So it's great to have somebody that can realize maybe when you're doing something negative or wrong or whatever and pull you out of it or, or can you know, congratulate you and be happy when you are succeeding. Yeah,
2: he's he's one of those guys, he won't bite his tongue if he does he's like if he doesn't like it, he'll tell you. And that that's the type of friend I need actually. And that might not always be pretty, right? Yeah, he's but he's not the yes man. He'll tell me no a lot of times. And sometimes he He'll grab. He like, "No, I'm like, see, you want to wrestle and stuff like this, <laughs> you know?" But but like, those, those are the best kind of friends that you can have, right? Those, the ones those are. are. With you. And he he came in what 2016. Uh, uh, yeah. He came in 2016, and, and he's one of my groomsmen now. Oh wow! So, and there's guys like there's people that I've known for years. They're not even getting an invite. I, I, you know, life works that way sometimes.
0: Well, they say you're, or who is it that says it, uh, Tim Ferriss, you're the most, like, the five closest people you have around
1: you. You're the average of the yeah, five aver- closest or the people average around of some you. Of, yeah. I don't think he initially said that. but it's, I, It was it's someone a good, else, but It's that's, a good quality because you're getting those influences, so... Yeah, if,
2: if it wasn't for my lovely bride-to-be, then we probably would just have two people. And a bridal party each. <laughs> We would have a. I will have a best man and a groom's man. That's it. <laughs> there you go.
1: So, how difficult is it then to balance family life during a football season, and especially um, an engagement and and everything that goes along with that?
2: Oh, it's, it's stressful. I'm glad that uh, that I have Kristen for it because it, it's tough. I, like for me, like talking to family is is, is hard to do and like. The time zones are different, and, like, there's so many variables and whatnot. Like, people work. And I'm putting in a long day. Um, you know, I have to call my daughter, like, every other day, every other week. It's, it sucks. Yeah. And then, you know, if it wasn't for her, then I probably, like, she talks to my mom more than I do. At first, I didn't like it, but, like, it, it's good now because it's like, if I get the phone call, then that means something's wrong. And I don't like that feeling.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so important to have that stable just family unit and that support around you is just, I know that it helps you through those tough times, but it's also just to have that love and those people that unconditionally will support you in everything you do is just even going through, whether it's injuries or maybe it's the best thing, those are the people that are there with you and just go through those experiences together.
2: Yeah, and... Uh I'm glad. I'm glad she's here, <laughs> because you know you you need that support system and just to be there, just yeah. to be there, just like mentally alone. It, it's stressful just for someone to do the job over and over and over again, because being you know being repetitive, it, like we're human, we're, we're our minds wander and it gets boring because it's so repetitive and. You need that person just to change, like change it up, and all right, talk to you, snap out of it, and and that's what that's what I'm grateful
1: for. The quote comes up in my mind where this life's too hard to go through alone, so it's to have <laughs> those people just just regardless of, but if they're positive influences, they're they're there for you, and in any time that you need them, that's 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 life. That's yeah. what you need.
2: We shouldn't have to talk every day. Yeah, I'm, when I first like left the state of Georgia and I was like trying to call every day I'm like don't call me every day please don't <laughs> it went from every other day to every two days uh, I'm like you can be like like my grandmother's once a week is good enough because yeah. I know you're safe I'm thinking about you and nothing's wrong because if something's wrong I have to take a flight and if I have to take a flight it means I'm spending money which I don't like to do not on that I like to go have some some fun do you find (laughs) that do you travel back
0: uh to the states often or then or is it like mostly during
2: holidays or what Uh, no i like i'm mainly up here in winnipeg and most of my family is here you know just we're just missing our daughter and and you know she's in atlanta so like that's pretty much the only time we get it like go down there Uh, malik he's fortunate enough to travel back and forth and do school first semester here and second semester down there. Okay. So now he's able to have an extended summer, like we used to when, when I was younger. But <laughs> we, we talk about it and we have like that is that's fun. That, that's fun for for our son and we get to do a lot more like that. Awesome.
1: Cool. Um, What got you into acting, modeling, and ballet, and what's the (laughs) most interesting event or thing that you've been (laughs) part of so far?
2: Well, I did a little ballet when I was younger, and I did it in high school for credit, and a girl, but... (laughs) (laughs) But, Did you enjoy it,
0: at least? Oh,
2: yeah, of course I did. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I had to wear a leotard. I'm glad there's no pictures (laughs) circulating anywhere, but... Um that got like I did ballet for that just for the credit and then there was an event here and like if I do something, like if I'm doing something, I like I go all out and I put one hundred percent effort into it. Um uh, like, acting and modeling. You performed in Nutcracker, here, yeah. Yeah, the Nutcracker was I loved it and I can't wait. I was gonna do it again, but you know, the the injury happened and acting and modeling. So I got into acting because of Shrek. It's Shrek? Because of Shrek. You don't hear that too often. Actually, so uh, when Shrek came out, I watched Shrek all the time. I felt like it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Especially when uh, <coughs> Donkey was talking about, uh, you know, Donkey and Shrek were talking about, about ogres. What are ogres like? And, like, ogres are like onions. That whole, <laughs> whole thing. And... <laughs> that and then uh, what's it called gingerbread man the scene where he was strapped down and and yeah, l- l- yeah and it was like gumdrop no not the not no not the <laughs> yeah yeah like i would reenact that whole scene of the gun drop buttons and talk like uh the gingerbread man <laughs> so every time i walk around like people in the class like they go gum to gumdrop buttons I'm like <laughs> 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 and that's like everyone was like, Oh, you're gonna do that and I was like I was voted, you know, most likely to succeed and and you know, modeling uh actually my best man, he he was doing uh some some mod- he met a guy and he was looking for like Calvin Klein models and stuff like that and he was like, Yo, you can do it, you're an athlete and stuff like that and the man had like um uh, like we was modeling like Calvin Klein and like i'm i i'm I just graduated I just graduated high school, and I needed you know a couple hundred bucks mm-hmm. you know just to you know do kid stuff' the yeah. <laughs> <Do Yeah>. teenager <laughs> stuff that's just graduating, and I did that, and it just like flowed, and there was like one girl that was like, you did modeling <laughs> I was like what are you talking about <laughs> I, she was like yeah uh my 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 older sister has a has a calendar and you're in it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, man, I can't <laughs> believe that just got out." Anything like that and I thought I only had the photos because the guy ended up he was doing bad business and stuff and we didn't end up getting paid or anything like that. So, <laughs> yeah, it was like crazy. That's how I got into it and once I once I got to the NFL, that's when I, like I used that platform to get where I was. Nice. You did
0: you did something for the Winnipeg Art Gallery too? Did you? Not? Yes, yes,
2: I loved it. That was one of my favorite ones. Uh, yeah, I, I I just liked it.
1: I well, you depicted it. the god Apollo for their yeah that's pretty god strange. of
2: music and light. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's pretty fitting. So you chose yeah. <laughs> that, that yourself? Yeah, I did. We you know we um, each athlete had um, had a choice, so I went with Apollo and i like i couldn't do hercules or zeus and then like that that, that would have been corny or yeah. <laughs> it's just like nah, like you really don't know greek mythology then if you like it, most people are like oh zeus hercules and it's just like oh really like, <laughs> yeah. oh you don't know the go to yeah time. that that yeah. like i hated to read but greek mythology i would read that all day it's like oh yeah like so, that was me in school
1: so, are you interested in Greek and Roman antiquity and, and history then?
2: I, I'm interested in it. I haven't read up on it. <sighs> the schedule is so crazy lately. But, it, you know, you just, like, that little moment, I was like, hmm, Apollo. All right. <laughs> and, and, like, like let's, let's do it, you know? Let's do it. And I, I'm into music so much to where, like, people, like, Kansas City is one of the windiest places. In the U.S., it's there, uh, you know, Omaha, like Omaha, Nebraska, those are like the windiest. And they're like, yeah. oh, I thought Chicago was. No, it's not Chicago. The reason why they call Chicago the Windy City is because uh, Chicago's known for their wind instruments. And then when it's along, you know, you have that big body of water in Chicago right there. And when the wind blows in between the buildings, you hear it whistle. So oh, people really? don't even know that. I did not know that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, <laughs> learn something today. <laughs> <laughs> that that was me. I learned that in in music class when when I was in college. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, that's it. Like, so Kansas City is actually the windiest city. I in Chicago. wouldn't say Kansas City, but I like anything west of Kansas City, like Nebraska, like going to Topeka, Kansas, where the tornadoes are. Yeah. How many tornadoes are in Chicago? <laughs> then yeah, like, how, how can it be a windy city like the windiest city if there's no tornado? That's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. My first day in OTAs in Kansas City, we're in a hotel. I'm like on the 50th floor, and there were tornado watches and warnings all over. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's oh. right in the middle of Tornado I'm looking, Valley. I'm like, man, this is a long way down. <laughs> Did you ever have you ever witnessed the tornado? Uh, I have, but <sighs> I'm I'm so glad that like I was like flying up out of there like we were driving away you can actually see it yeah. and um uh Joplin Joplin Missouri the the big tragedy in Joplin yeah. uh ended up going you know down there and helping out oh, and wow. stuff like that yeah old financial advisor he he's from that area and he used to go down there a lot to see his family hmm
1: you strike me as having the entertainer vibe. So, ten, <laughs> yeah. ten years down the road, when your football career is over, I'll, I'll give you till your forties because you're in great shape now. Um, but do you expect that you'll pursue entertaining or some sort after football, or what do you think? Uh, what do you I'm, think after football you'll do? Are you even
2: I'm thinking hope, after football? Hopefully, right? I'm going to be uh, the next. I'm going to be like the Denzel 2.0, right? like, <laughs> and and just take off on my acting career. I've done auditions and stuff like that and getting a lot of callbacks. But, you know, football is my career. And a lot of the callbacks are during the games or when I'm not available well, because of the season. And it,
0: Playing football is so demanding on your schedule. I guess it could be hard to just yeah. drop that.
2: And, and people, well, people are like, what? You could have got paid what? And I'm like, it's not about the money right now. You know, not it's it's never about the money for me because if I'm miserable then it's not worth it of course but I love the game of football and I'm able to do it still once I'm done I'm done and then I'm acting's always going to be there I can act at 90 you know I can still be yeah. an actor at 90 so why that that's just on hold and I still have fun I, I still have fun I can read a script I can still read and I can still I can still smile I'm, I don't think I'm going to lose my dimples any anytime <laughs> soon. So I think I'll be in good shape. Are I you going to play football as long as you possibly can then? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Each and every day I'm like, man, I don't know about this. It's just, yeah. it's just the fact that just getting up and then like like my body being tired to where I, you know, the things I actually want to do with, you know, with my family I can't do because it's like, man, I'm really tired or my body's beat up. And you know, waking up in the morning, like all oh, the soreness, and, and it takes like fifteen minutes to loosen your whole body up yeah. just to just to go walk to the, the bathroom. <laughs> so, Turning thirty—that's what it does to you, eh? Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, you know, those are different things, and hopefully, you know, I get a I get a call in the off season. That way, I can be in a movie or something like that. I don't have an issue
1: with that. Do you feel that there's an entertainer gene that you were born with, or uh, is it just intrinsically you?
2: <laughs> uh, my mom, my mom, tells people the story that uh, me and my brother, we we had these big these big glasses with the star, you know, the glasses that have the shape like yeah, the star, yeah. super big, and we had guitars and we're singing Bon Jovi songs. And we're like three, four years old, <laughs> <laughs> and we've always been like that. But now, like, like my first solo in chorus, I passed out and fell off stage. Wow. Yeah. Uh so it was <laughs> like I was so nervous. It was just like man, uh I, and you had to audition to get the part and I, I was just like the guy beat up like, man, learn this part with me. We're gonna rehearse together. And if, if I pass out, just step up and continue singing, and act like nothing happened. Uh yes. tell him, he said, yeah. I said, Don't and yeah, I was like, Don't don't play around with this. We have to win this competition and it made it seem like it was just a part of the act. <laughs> and, and they loved it. We got second place, but it, that was pretty good for a guy that passed out.
1: <laughs> it's tough to perform in front of people. It's a vulnerable feeling, and it's it's that same. It's that the butterflies you get before you're doing anything. I almost find that nervous energy is a good thing because it means you want to do well with whatever's coming.
2: Hey, I'm a perfectionist, and like for me, when I was in chorus, like, Like, my voice might get a little scratchy and I mess up a note, but I would not mess the words up. Like, that was me. Like, I'm not, I rehearsed enough where I knew every word. And when I do these auditions and stuff and I'm doing these reads, I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. it. As soon as they put their camera on, it's like, I forgot everything. And it's like, uh, (laughs) there's a couple of times where Malik was, like, filming me just for doing something for a magazine or something like that. And we did the same thing over and over again, and he got it before I did. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's well, I got it. He just he just can do it in front of the camera better than I can. And I was like, oh, I need to need to step this up if I want to, you know, make yeah. this a profession. And like I keep telling myself, like, hey, the audience doesn't know that you messed up. That's true. The, the audience because they until don't know you make it apparent, yeah, yeah. So and I and I have to. Con- continue practicing and training my body like that
1: that's a thing that when i played the drums through high school when we do end of year concerts or whatever because there were a bunch of different lessons that happened and then they put together a band at the end of the year but it was you just have to find a way to keep it together and keep going because oftentimes when you're in front of a crowd they don't know those hours of practice and they don't no, know they the don't. exact note that's supposed to be played or beat so if you if you do well enough and it's not strikingly off like, or wrong then you it. can usually just Keep it together, keep going, and nobody will yeah. ever know.
0: Some people have that, I think <laughs> that ability to improvise, and some people don't. Like they screw up, and then it's just deadpan, right? Then, or
2: some yeah, people can, and they. It's like cracking jokes with your buddies, every, you know, every now and then, and like you're improvising off of what they say to you because you have to counter it, you counter it. So if you make a mistake, you have to counter it, you know, with with different things. And I, I still need practice for sure. But like, there's movies out there that I'm like. I'm killing it. And they're like, you should do acting. And I'm like, nah, I don't do the camera too well. But well, you're in front of the camera all the time, I'm like, these are interviews. It's different. Like, now I have to read this script and memorize and, and hey, be a character. I, like, it, it, it looks so bad and different and foreign. It's like, do I wear glasses? <laughs> 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 and, and like for me, like even now, like it's, took me like 30 minutes before my, my hands stopped sweating and they're sweating back again because because we're talking about acting and all this <laughs> stuff. but yeah well, you don't show it so that, that's uh, good <laughs> I'm, I'm wiping my hands i know as soon done.
0: as riley told me you're gonna be on i'm like yeah leg like it on it's like today just before i was like shaking <laughs> i don't
2: know what to say i don't know what to do it, it's it's something that i w- i would love to do like i don't know just like entertain everyone and Make them laugh, I thought about going to rumors one time and do stand up and I'm like, ah, last time you were in front of a microphone like that with a, a a big spot like that like the spotlight oh man so it wasn't it wasn't
1: too good in the past year that's one of the things that's come up i did I was going through a particularly dark rough time last year <laughs> in summer, but i I did a lot of self analyzing and just the word entertainer kept coming out up as something that i wasn't able to pursue as i wanted throughout football that was always my focus and so i went well let's give this a try and so i went well what can i go try and so i started what's that wrestling i thought about that too (laughs) at, at one point i'm not i'm not lying to you i went to local wrestling and i watched them do it and i went i could do this i'm athletic i could figure this out but um no so i i went and i I bought an instrument and started performing in front of people. But I also did comedy, and comedy—I fell flat. The room—I got a couple giggles, but they weren't necessarily for the content of my jokes. But it's a different kind of of demon to conquer because it's—you got to have your timing, your comedic timing. You got to have content. You got to be confident. You got to be. And then the lights are going, and you can't see anybody. It's a strange. Yeah, you can't, and you can't thing.
2: worry about. You don't. Know. Offending anyone because they're jokes, and, yeah. No, and that's and someone's always going to be offended anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like I I want to, but I mean, uh, whew. yeah. Give me a couple bourbons and then, I, <laughs> then I, I, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll think about I'll think about going up there. Even when we went on the cruise and it was like the karaoke, I was so nervous. I ended up doing uh the Humpty dance and Solo <laughs> cup, and I was just like. Out of breath because I had that anxiety in set in, and I was like, "Oh man!"
1: <laughs> I love karaoke. That's the place where I'm comfortable because if you can be a showman, then people just everybody knows that you're going to be an amateur singer. So if you can just get people into it and just eyes on you and having fun <laughs> with it, then most people don't really mind. Oh yeah,
2: well, karaoke is just for fun, and it, you know everyone wants just just wants to have fun, and and when you do that, like it, it makes it. It makes it a lot easier. Sure, yeah, but when you're doing comedy and, you have, and it's quiet, right before you start, it's still quiet, it's like, <coughs> and it's like oh, the seriousness. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, loosen up already. <laughs> That'd be a
1: good way to start out a comedy routine. Loosen up already.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like I have a whole skit on my phone and my notes, so just like. Like a five minutes, like I was like, I'm gonna do this at Rumors, and I'm like, where are you going? Oh, I don't know yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just it's being willing to be vulnerable and put your foot, like, get that momentum, going put your foot through the door and try it, and then you can only get better from that first time. But I, I might not start at Rumors. There's Cavern. There's some other places you Rumor, can try, to try I, it out.
2: So Rumors is, must be the.
1: It's the big. That's where the legit com- comedians come and perform. They say there's
2: amateur nights somewhere. I was like, oh, no, I don't know. Go big or go home. I'm not trying to sure it. If I can't make it, like I want to <laughs> try to knock your socks off or something like that. That's a good thing. It's just mentality. about doing it. It's like I, yeah, per- I Performing in, in front it. of 30,000 people so on a regular basis. So why can't I do it in front of, what is it, like 500 people? Less than, that, less, even. The, yeah. Yeah, less than that. Less than that.
1: And it's like fine. most
2: of them they probably had too many bourbons and they won't remember tomorrow anyway. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> go.
1: So you strike me as both an athlete and intellectual. Are there any influential figures that have helped you on your path?
2: Um number one was my grandfather. My grandfather, he always taught me to take care of home. No matter what, you know, no matter what's going on, make sure home is always taken care of. And he set a great example for that. Um my my biological father, he wasn't in my life, but he also, you know, and I, I say he was the best dad for me because he taught me what not to do. And, and you know, most of those don't, you know, they get overshadowed. And that, um like, there's a, there's a list because, like, it's just growing up rough. Um, when I was homeless, you had uh, my best man, Hit. like he's two years older than me, but his parents it took you know took a great care of me, and we hit it so well it was like, oh well, you know, can he spend the night <laughs> you know those those like those excuses and stuff like that and um, his mom was diagnosed with with breast cancer one off season that's why I started wearing the the pink beanie you know and and his dad was like one of those. Like if I knock on a door, hey, can he come outside? And it's like, well, he's in he's doing yard work and then he can come out. I just go around the back and help him. You know, and he he liked that and he taught he taught us how to do different things. So you had like those mm-hmm. and it's uh, one of my coaches, you know, had, just like the list goes on. The list sure. goes on, but those those are like the major ones that actually did it. And like my great-grandfather, before he passed away, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, prostate cancer. But he only remembered me. And I mean, down to it he wouldn't remember his own life. But as right. soon as I walk in the room, he remembered me. And I was like, okay, all right, I have to be a good like, being a good example for everyone. And he's just, what would, would you leave, like that personality that you have and you leave it for someone else, and it's like that impression that you leave with someone makes it that like that much better, and they remember that that what you leave is what you know. Like that's what they remember.
1: Well, yeah, I didn't know so much of that as part of your story. <laughs> that was powerful. Um, yeah, I, I noticed you wear that beanie every game, but I never really knew the reasoning behind yeah. <laughs> it. And I mean, I guess you can hypothesize or think about it or be like, yeah, because it's usually breast cancer awareness month or cancer awareness month in either the CFL or NFL but um yeah and then i didn't know so how did you end up homeless and what was uh, it,
2: that oh well it's, it was dry. it's it's not too much into it my sister was raped uh by a man living with us and uh, he got away with it and oh. i wanted to retaliate and my mom saved saved me from she she saved my life because I probably would be, high bar, be behind bars or something like that, and she saved me out. And she did she didn't have a choice but to you know kick me out. So that was it's the it's the life. You know, sounds like a good strong family though that you have. So yeah, so we all, we all look out after each other.
1: Yeah, the fact that you had so many figures around that cared en- enough for you and cared for you and and wanted to help and and were there just to like bring you back up is. I mean, yeah, those are the people you keep close cuz you know that they're at the end of the day there's they're, they're going to be there for you. They care about you and they love you. So it's yeah, you got to hold on to those people <laughs> and and be grateful for them cuz it's like it's like without them where would you be? And and that's a man, that's a tough tough thing to to realize.
2: Oh yeah, and you know, just in you know, the neighborhoods that we've grown up in like everyone's different. Um like there's there's a story in everyone's family there's a story in everyone's family it was just closer you know with me it's, it was a close family member so and I don't like like everyone everyone in the area knew you know everyone yeah. in my school knew what happened so it's like um, not everyone has problems and I just keep moving and stay focused on my path
1: it's true sometimes you learn so much from the Sometimes the negative people around you and just I, I learned a lot who I didn't want to be from some people. So it was it's it's when you can take those as lessons and you can say, I don't want to be like that. Yeah, is is it can be constructive and sometimes it can actually go too far the other way. Um, I mean, I found I was scared of certain circumstances or just um, being confrontational with people. Because I had to live with some of that confrontation. So it was, it's, it's, it's tough when you just, you develop in a certain way because you think it's the right way to be. But then you actually have to evolve past some of those, some of that hurt and some of that pain sometimes just to, just to become stronger and become a better version of yourself.
2: Yeah. Sometimes the pain, you know, like if you, if you cut yourself, it scars up, it scabs up, it covers up. And. How does it heal? The way you treat it is how you, you know, how you'll heal. And you know, do I do I think about it? Yeah, but like I can't I can't be mad. Like I'm not taking it back because this is who I am. This is what made me. So yeah, like I'm I'm I can be ruthless. It's like I when I choose I just use it playing football. That, that's it. Like, I wanted to play basketball, but I got clotheslined and I didn't fare too well. I was like, don't worry about me playing basketball anymore because I'm going to go to college and play football. Like, because yeah. I, if I get hit, I want to hit you back. Yeah. And, uh, and I grew What's, up. So, was that like growing up? Was that
0: so, what you wanted to be as a basketball player?
2: No, actually, I, the, the funny thing is when I was a kid, I was like six years old. I found this like this white, shiny rock. And I told my grandmother I was going to build the house, and this will be the like the foundation. This will be the beginning of the foundation of the house once I get to the NFL, because all my fan like friends and family like are in the NFL: Curtis Martin, Brandon Short, Dwight Stone. From you know, it's like all these guys that I'm surrounded by that that looked after me, cared for me, like related to. It's it like these are the stars, like. And I'm like, well, I'm going to the NFL, too. Not going to stop me. And once I did that, I was like, oh, told my grandmother. I was like, hey, so where do you want to move and stuff? And she said, I don't, I'm not moving anywhere. But you can get every every single one of these people out my house, including your grandfather. And, and I was just like, oh, okay. And I just made the best of it when I was in the NFL.
1: Yeah. Awesome. It's just building yourself up but it's yeah. great to give back to those people that when you can um one of the things I did want to talk about is if there's a work hard play hard mentality in football and if it's <laughs> tough to tough to balance that such a physical and strenuous game in the rest of life oh man uh
2: work hard play hard a lot of people do it I I play I play hard and I play really hard and on and off the field <laughs> I but I, I work hard and and people are like, I don't know how you do it. Like, this is my career. This is my craft. Yeah. Like, I can be I can be up all night. I can be up all night and and just get a, all I need is an hour, hour to three hours, and I'm good. Wow. And I'll just keep going. And people are <laughs> like, crazy. Oh, you're crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. But just think about it. what what was Kobe doing? Up four in the morning. Yeah. Going yeah. shooting in the gym, practicing his craft. That's what it takes, right? They practicing his craft. Like, I don't have to be out, you know, partying all the time, but I can be up. Like, I'm going to have fun. Like, the last thing, I'm not going to be a hostage of uh, what is it. if you How do you look at this game? Is it a job or is it your career? It's my career. I'm not letting anything affect my career. And people are looking at it as a job. And that's why they're like, oh, I can't. Like, oh, that I, I, I wouldn't be able to meet. I couldn't do that. And I'm like. Why not? Why not? Or when people do it, oh I'll do you can do it every day if you wanted to. Yeah. But you're 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 too you're you're worried about you're worried about losing your job. You're you're worried about losing your job as opposed to uh advancing in your career. Like I, I am very confident that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do with my career.
0: So you think a lot of people let that stop them from kind of bettering themselves is because they, they the, they're worried fear. about lo-
2: the fear of losing their job mm-hmm. prevents them from bettering themselves with, with their profession. Yeah. And I, I, I was a victim. I was, I was worried about not losing my job like that. And then what happened? I ended up going to a different team. So it's like, the, and it, it mentally drains you. And then mm-hmm. Once your mental's starting to go, go, everything else co- starts to go. Your yeah. your body starts to go. You start to feel exhausted. You start to feel tired. Like my best my best energy mo- energetic moments are when I'm having fun and I'm out playing hard. And then I go practicing. Like, oh, you had some fun last night. You you right. You you are darn right. Like I did because like I also know how to have that balance as well.
0: Yeah. And most people yeah, don't we, know how to do that. We talk about that a lot on the podcast here. Having that 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 life balance, and uh, although the career is very important to you, you have to have something else that to balance it out too. You have to have fun. You have to be able to relax and let out that, oh, that yeah. frustrations we're, we're too, right? Yeah, we're adults. I want to do adult things.
2: Like, and I'm not. Oh, I'm not worried about what the next person thinks. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, my college coach he he had this saying like. Don't go out hooting with the owls if you can't soar with the eagles. <laughs> Plain and simple. And he just said, "Don't be up, up and out all night if you if you can't perform. At, at, you know, at, at a top notch level." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, you know, okay." Like my best moments are when I'm having like having fun.
1: Yeah, my parents always said a hangover was never an excuse the next morning. But I do enjoy the way that you view uh, its job and career. And I think the separation is the the love that you have for football. I mean, if, if people are seeing it as a job and they're there for the paycheck and they're there because it's what they're good at. And there are a lot of guys. I mean, that's often a critique of professional sports itself is it takes away a little bit of that love of the game and then it's just the people that are, are good at it or or there for the money, or and and oftentimes that's that's the critique. But the people who genuinely love the game are the ones who are good teammates, are going to do the right things, and show up in the morning to work, even if they had a fun night the night before. It's it's that's the separation between good and great.
2: Yeah, and you know a lot of guys look at me and they give me that look and start laughing, <laughs> like "Yep, you, you like we we were on the same page." It's, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I did. I had some fun, and all right, but now I'm here. Let's work. Like, <laughs> that, that's me. Like, let's let's go to work, and let's do work, and we're going to have some fun doing work.
0: Yeah. I think that's the right mentality to have. And I think, like, for, fortunately that you were able to, well, not fortunately, you you worked hard to get to where you, you are right now. So the fact that, I mean, you telling the story about people saying that you're not going to do this, not going to do that, i like, no, I'm going to do it. I think that speaks volumes. Yeah,
2: if you if you say yeah. I can't do something, I'm just gonna go prove you wrong. I'm I am i am like I like to be that I'll prove you wrong person. Like I'm that guy. I think more people can take <laughs> a page out of your book for that. I, I there's a
0: lot of people and I wish it wasn't the case that when they're told no, they like they get shut down and
2: unfortunately yeah, dude, yeah, they, they end Yeah, but and they have to position. they still they're still finding themselves as well. Sure. Because so, I've I've been told no before and and like I've shut it down before. And then it's like, why? Why did I shut this down? Because I was told I couldn't swim. Like, I shouldn't be doing swimming. Yeah. And I shut it down. And I'm like, and when I look back, I'm like, why did I stop swimming? I broke every record in swimming in school. And it's like, all I had to do was just continue perfecting that craft. And I would have, you know, got a scholarship or something like that. But I, I was like, oh, well, like. They said black people couldn't swim. Like, black people don't get scholarships for swimming. Hmm. And I was just like, oh, all right, forget it. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Now I'm thinking about <laughs> it. It's like, man, I broke every backstroke record, shattered it. Prove them wrong. And it took, what? It's like like, like my last couple of records just got broken like four years ago. Really? Yeah, in school. And I graduated in 2004. Wow.
1: So so yeah. you held a record for a decade. That's, <laughs> that's One crazy. of the things I was thinking is you have to keep walk, knocking on the door before it opens. like if, if you want something, you go get it and you keep going until that door opens. Yeah, and then all of a sudden yourself, that opportunity yeah.
2: comes. And, and law of averages, if you keep getting a bunch of no's, you're eventually going to get yes. And uh, I mean, that's, that's why I have a fiance now, you know. you think <laughs> and like, it's just How many like, no's before the
1: yes? <laughs> uh, she didn't
2: technically say no and you know it's sorry that was it's a funny story on how uh, we met but uh just like you're talking to talking to a girl if you really like that girl you're not settling for that first no or anything like that if you you're, you're gonna have to prove like yeah. you're you're thinking to yourself she's gonna have to prove that it's really a no because you're looking for if she's saying no, but you're looking for every sign yeah, that, it's that, otherwise, that she's yep. saying yes. Yeah, so she's she might be like, uh, oh, giggling like no and giggling. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, that's like, oh, oh that she's just playing around right now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Eventually she's gonna say yes. And like I asked her, does she have a boyfriend? And she said yes. And I was like, Not for long, because you'll end up <laughs> you'll end up with me. And she laughed and I said, That's where I got you. I made you laugh. And I walked off and uh, you know. <laughs> the rest Smooth, is history. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was It's like six months later, then uh it was like six months later then she she ended up being pregnant with Malik and <laughs> And it was like then the rest was history. There
1: you go. Yeah, that must be must be tough like early on in a relationship to go through that, but it brings it either brings you closer together or further apart. So
2: yeah, it, it it does. And um, how long have you two been together? I now? am no walk in the park. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've been off and on since we met, but I am no walk in the park. And I'm glad she didn't take just my butthole jerk moments when I was like, no, lately. <laughs> like, so, and uh, she's helped me a lot to, to not being even more of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I did want to know what your daily routine's like and if you have any unique practices or routines you follow.
2: Oh man, uh in the morning, I get there, I eat breakfast, I eat eggs with sugar on it.
0: Sugar on eggs? Yes. Sugar and That's, pepper.
2: I've never heard of that.
1: It is <laughs> well, well you have disgusting. to season
2: it that you have to season it at the stadium uh on your own. Cause not everyone likes the same seasonings and stuff like that, but yeah. don't knock it until you try it. Like, <laughs> <I> <laughs> Have, I have to try <laughs> it. <Yeah>. If you <laughs> had, if you my... had like different peppers, like green, like you have the green peppers, the red, and all the the red and the yeah. or, orange ones yeah. are 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 sweet. Just think about true, it. True, that's true. Yeah. So if there's no peppers in there, what do you do? Put a little sugar in. There. <laughs> I'm not into. I like and I love sugar though. Uh, I wish there were grits here. I put sugar in the grits. But that routine, I eat the grits. I, I mean, I eat the eggs and, and like, the, the potatoes that they have in the morning. And I'm, like, I'm just listening to my music over and over again. And I will put my head in the locker and just... Wait until a couple players come in, and I start just start joking nonstop, joking nonstop. That's one thing I have to do is joke, <laughs> and that's like pretty much the routine that I have: eating my eggs and potatoes, listen to my music, and joke nonstop. Hmm. That's in my everyday routine for sure.
1: Random side note: that Rod Hill found grits in Steinbeck. so there are some in the small town just outside the city. Uh, Whoever's yeah, Rod, Rod also
2: told me there was some grits that sold at Sobeys, but I didn't see it. I was sitting there for two hours looking for it. Two so, hours. So I'll have to give Rod a phone call and say, "Hey, look, I'll give I'll e transfer you the money Bring me if the you show me the receipt and let me get the grits."
1: Um, just a couple more questions, but what do you think the biggest issue facing our planet is today? Oh, or society.
0: Oh, I'm asking the big questions now.
2: I mean, outside of people like people take words to heart too much. Like that's that is the like the biggest thing like Agreed. for yeah. me it's like somebody just says so what so what.
0: Especially in an age now where everything's so
2: accessible
0: to us, especially with the internet, everyone is on edge yeah, all the time. Yeah,
2: it's like oh well, like you know, in the US, oh well. Uh mm-hmm. Like, the police brutality, it's, it's, it's wrong to the court, but this is not the first time. Like, everyone's seeing it now because of technology. You know, you go back, like, Rodney King, Dr. Martin Luther King, like, Muhammad Ali, they, they all were abused, you know. Yeah. Um, like, the Trayvon Martin situation, like, everything, like, people have been, like, you know, abused by, you know, Authority and stuff like that and like with 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 people saying certain things it's like oh take offense to it why is everyone worried about what Donald Trump is saying <laughs> like really like, like he says like he he's yeah, saying he, it like I, he has this like, uncanny
0: method of getting on everyone's nerve
2: yeah it's like <laughs> it, it has to, like when I read something he he like he, he writes on like on Twitter and someone retweets it because that's the only way I'm seeing it because I don't if I don't like it, I'm not going to, like, continue following it. Yeah. Like, if I don't like it. So saying something, he, he made a comment about LeBron, and someone retweeted it and started <laughs> bashing, you know, uh, Trump. And I'm I'm laughing because it's like, do you really think he's reading this? <laughs> do you really think he's reading it? Like, you tweeting Donald Trump, you think he's reading it? Probably no, like, not. no, what? like, never, never know, but there's like millions of millions yeah. of it. And what's the FB, chance? like, yeah. yeah, it's like if I get a lot of replies and stuff like that, I go to the ones with that blue check on there that the verified accounts because they have it, like, okay, well, who's, and- the, who's the who's Who's the verified accounts uh, replying? Donald like who, probably
0: has someone like going through his tweets and combing through it, and then like these are the ones you're you can read. These are the ones that ignore, right? Uh, too, <laughs> so. but
2: yeah, exactly. So there's probably someone typing it for him. Sure, you yeah. know, it's just like just for attention. He's always been that person. Yeah. So now that he's in he office, the attention. Now so. that he's in office, now you're you're taking everything to heart that <laughs> he's saying, and and with our. With our kids is another thing. It's like, it, it takes a village to raise, you know, a young man, a young woman, and it's like, hey, your child was doing this. Ah, not, not my, not my child. You know, like, doesn't matter what, what race, you know, what ethnicity, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's that, like, look, if if my my child is act acting up, spank my kid. Like I'm, but if someone sees it, oh, well, we're reporting you, or something like that. I'm like, okay, go ahead. And In the U.S., you can do it in public too. You can do it in public, and and in rural states, uh, on the meaty part of your buttocks, really, and it's not considered abuse. Really, yeah, I not know that. If you spank your child, it has like. It has to be your hand, or and they they actually extended it to a belt. But it has to be you can't leave any bruises, cause right. Like, so but just, like you say, I whoop my child, yeah, on the meaty part of the buttocks. It, there's no offense for that, and people would take it like to the extreme. Oh, like, of course, oh, yeah, man. And I'm like, oh, man, like really, like the people that are still making these rules and all that stuff. Hey, didn't you like? Like you, you got a switch when you were growing up, or, or uh, an extension cord, and you're you're talking about someone getting backslapped across like Ric Flair across the chest, <laughs> <laughs> like you're you're worried about that. Like that's that's really gonna make or break a kid. Yeah, and it's like, ah, oh, shut
1: up. <laughs> like I'm that. Well, There's a the line of correctness, and it seems that we've come since our parents generation or or the last 40 years it's evolved into this like very bubble wrap society where we wow. don't want anything to happen that that affects people but also, we but want also to keep seems, everyone safe uh, it and might, it also like, seems like everyone's so yeah.
2: sensitive oh no don't do it no no no, <laughs> no but everyone but, has business <laughs>
1: and everyone
0: else's business now too, it seems too <laughs> yeah, 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 i, I just, don't agree with that
2: like, look I, i'll tell it, i'll tell another kid look you better like i'm I'm that different. Pa- I'm a parent, so if you're acting up, I would. I wish I, I like, like it, it. It baffles me how the young men, like kids, are growing up and are being disrespectful to their parents. I, I if I see it, I, it, it only takes about ten seconds. You continue doing it. I just look. I just wait for the parents' response, and then once that. I'm like, oh, they're not doing anything. All right, now I'm stepping in because I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, I, yeah. Let, let me disrespect it. You know, someone older than me.
0: Whew. Respect your elders, right? Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm probably getting thrown through a wall or something, and, and it didn't matter. Like, we're, we're going shopping. Oh, you want these canned goods? We're gonna put all of them in the cart as I'm using you to swipe them down. <laughs> <fight. laughs> <laughs> <Like>, <no. laughs> Like that's <laughs> that that is you know that is the, the life that we grew up when we were younger. Like yeah. when I was six, seven years old. Yeah, yeah let me back back talk back talk of a, uh, a parent if you want to. And we're gonna give you a reason not to talk. Like that's why. I'm, yeah. Like that was parents back then. Like back talk your mom. Bow! Yeah, yeah, right in the mouth. And all right, now you now you can't talk to back talk. <laughs> I wish I remembered
1: the full story, but my grandmother was a school teacher in a small town uh, in Manitoba, and uh, there was a kid that was jumping on the desks of the tables, and she came in, and the first time she warned him, if I ever see you jumping on the desk again when I come in this class, you're getting a spank on the butt. There you go, fair warning. Next time he was doing it, sure (laughs) enough, brings him to the front of the class, pulls like smack on the butt, and then instantly knew what she had done. Walks into the principal's office, tells them they say to the parents, and then the parents come in and say, Well, did he deserve it? Yeah. <laughs> but um, that was yeah. that was the mentality. That, that was
2: uh in ninth grade for me was uh, the biology class. Now it's a lawsuit. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah, her, yeah, it's 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 wild 'cause in ninth grade I was like acting up like I was being disruptive in class and and um uh, the teacher she brought me and to the like in the chemical Room and stuff like that, where all the beakers and stuff are, and she hit me upside my head with a biology book so hard, and then <laughs> called my mom. And t- she's like, "Well, do it again." Like I can't say the words that that my mom said, but well, do it again if you're like I was just like, oh. but she's one of my favorite teachers though, and she's one of my favorite teachers, and I was like, oh, like dang, <laughs> I'm glad no one saw it though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Must be hard to be a school teacher yeah, these days. And
2: everyone loved that teacher. And she ended up being a principal. She's still a principal. but She'll tell you, I do not play. And i am be like, yep, she don't. <laughs> she cracked me first- right here across the head. Lesson learned, right? Yeah.
1: So I one more burning question. <laughs> if you were to give advice to someone striving to reach their goals, what words of advice would you give them? I,
2: I, I have two. I have two uh phrases don't stop and find a way I like it as you don't you don't stop you can't stop for no no one nothing if you really want it that bad if you quit you didn't want it in the first place and then by any means you have to find a way because it's never going to be easy
1: yeah there's that there's always that weak spot you just gotta find it and if you keep searching one day you will and so if you don't quit you keep yeah, going. It's on my Instagram.
2: There's this, there's this plate that says find a way right there. And, and in college we used to tap it right before we go out to practice, right before we go out to the games. We the found tap. like you find a way. And at the end of the day, everything's a competition. Yeah. I don't care what no one says. It's like and that was the biggest issue for, you know, our family with the sports thing. The fair play rule, it's crap. It is, it is, because everything is a competition, no matter what, Uh, even with the grades, they have the valedictorian and all that stuff, like, it's a competition, when you go into an interview, it is a competition, there's no, oh, well, I, I, oh, you, you get the job for trying, no, you don't get that, like, no, like, nothing, like, if it wasn't for my son's mom, he wouldn't have a trophy for participating, like, no, it's not, but it, it, like. That irritates me. <laughs> that. What you
0: what you were initially saying there actually reminded me of a, a quote. Uh, Will Smith Smith said it, uh, but he was quoting Confucius, uh, and he said, "Those uh, there are people that say they can, and there are people that say they can't, and they're both usually right."
2: Yeah, they they are the ones that say can't. You can't get the job because you you, you you don't believe it, in you know it. what you want. Yeah, yeah. But like that, oh man, like that hurt me and Kristen too. She was like, "What?" <laughs> she would She had a, a tougher time than I did, and I was like, "Oh man, I can't like. This is like I don't know how to deal with this because we're we're teaching our kids that it's okay to fail. It's, it's like, okay. It's like it's it, it like, hey, you don't worry about don't worry about getting a job. So you're teaching them to fail, and you're going through because if you go through the just go through the motions, you're failing." You're not putting your best effort in there, right if you know you oh, if I do this properly, I'm winning, I'm going to win, going to win, but if they're going through the motions they're they're not giving their best effort, yeah, and not
0: not that failure is a bad thing, but as long as you're giving your best effort, yeah, but you're you're okay. teaching
2: them to fail like you're to fail without no lesson learned, right, and you know it is about winning and losing because i i like, I, like I, don't, I don't say losing a lot. Like, we didn't win. Like, it's that other column. Like, it's been instilled in my brain from school. But losing is when you're quitting. And when you quit, you actually like you, you actually lose. Because if you don't win, then you take the mistakes that got you in that situation, learn from them that way to put you in a position to actually win. And when you're not doing that with the fair, you're not doing that with the fair play rule and equal, you know, oh, equal opportunity, you know, my kid doesn't, well, my kid doesn't get the, uh, my kid doesn't get enough play time. And it's like. So what do you think about, like, because they. Spend more time with your kid and, and help them. If you don't like, if you don't like your kid not playing, help them get better. Yeah. Plain and simple.
0: They offer, I know they do the whole trophies for participating, so there's no winner and a lot of some sports now in certain schools. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a bunch of crap. Because yeah. guess what? <laughs> oh, you, do you get a ribbon? Do you get a paycheck for uh, for for the interview? <laughs> you don't get the job, but you you don't get the job, but you did the interview. Do you get a paycheck? I don't think so. Like everything right. that we do in this world is based off competition because they're looking oh, for. And it's healthy too. Yeah. yeah.
1: How I would say it is that they there's a comfort zone to not keeping score and to giving participation trophies and things. And so if everybody's living in this comfort zone, then how do you grow? We know that the best way to grow is being outside that comfort zone, whether it's losing a game or maybe it's winning a game or pushing yourself to win that game. But you learn more from your losses often than you do your victories. So it's... But you got to put
0: in the effort. Yeah, and,
1: and teaching people to be good, quote unquote, losers. But if you lose the game... You're not necessarily lose like it's that mindset. Learning that mindset where maybe I lost the game, but you know next game I'm gonna go out and win. I'm gonna learn from this. I'm gonna get better. And those are that's that's what leads to growth. is, yeah, it, is being outside that comfort zone. Uh,
2: man. There was, there, there was an incident. Um, first got here and it it wasn't too much into it. Like I'm I was teaching the kids to be smart athletes. Use your brain more and stuff like that. The coach didn't like it and. Said a couple words to my like behind my fiance. Why when I wasn't there about like you know subliminal stuff, mm-hmm. and um, and I we exchanged some emails, and I just said, look, uh, like you can have your opinion, but those men that are afraid to approach other men, but will approach a female, those are the ones. I'm like, well, we can have a meeting. In a gender closet, <laughs> like that was I'm like like let's because now you're you're hovering over a female about these issues, and I don't know how it's gonna like what the outcome may be. you never know yeah. these days, and then especially with the the world it, you know the way the world is and and um the violence against women you don't you don't you don't want I don't want my fiance to be in any type of situation like oh, that of course not yeah so that was my biggest issue with it
1: yeah if it's come to me as a if you have a problem with something that i've done come to me as a man or whatever it is come to me and say it to me don't don't say yeah. it behind my back so and and then we can deal with the issue at hand
2: yeah it's like it's like man you you like these guys that hit women like I grew up in that house, like I grew up seeing my mom get beat up on, like that. That no, like, but Shouldn't you won't happen. approach a man. Yeah, you know, you don't, you don't approach a man. Why? Why? And that like gets me turned into the Hulk or something like that. It's just like ooh. <laughs> that, was,
1: that was part of Ray Lewis's story too, about his mom being assaulted when he was in his youth, and he was like i wanted to become so strong to let that never happen to her again and he said that that was part of, that was part of his story and yeah, development
2: that, that that fueled him and like sad to say like i wouldn't say like people think it it happens more in our community than other communities and it's like no it happens everywhere it, it happens in every family it's like man like like, do you want your do you want your mom, your sister, your daughter, your grandmother getting hit like that? And no, and uh, like, it's, it's like with this this whole thing, you know, we we have to protect our women because at the end of the day, they actually run the world. Just just think about it. Like everything I do, they say and do, we're we're at their like we're eating out their hands.
1: Well, that's mm-hmm. one of the most effective and and important um community programs that the bombers have is the break the silence on violence against women program. That's, that's actually
2: so, league wide.
1: Y- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's I think it grew from BC to here and now. I guess every team has adopted it as yeah. well, but that's a it's good thing. it's yeah. it's great that to have you know these athletes that are tough and and you know play an aggressive game but that are willing to have this conversation and at least Get the conversation started about healthy relationships and how women should be treated, and and honestly, how everyone should be treated in the world. So it's I think it's impactful to hear it from people. I know that we talked about a little bit the double edged sword and and you know the negative aspects of it, but the fact that there's a platform and athletes can make a positive difference is such a such an amazing part of it.
2: Yeah, it's it's good, and um, we still need to be. Uh, us as athletes need to step up more but we also need to be educated more as well because not everyone like no one knows everything about uh how how to treat a woman or like every woman is different every yeah. because their personalities every man's different with their personalities some things we say we might not think nothing of it but you know it affects it affects a woman and we just have to be educated more, just with that that female that we're encountering. Yeah, and it's more open because, about yeah. it, right?
1: Yeah, it's all about that communication. And
2: part. and what you like, majority of the time, it's not what you say; it's how you say it.
1: Yeah, tone is everything, but it's the fact that this conversation is starting in a in high schools and at a grassroots level is so important. But even I think there's things that. As a culture, we need to learn too, so that that's. I mean, I think you said it exactly right. Is you have to take each situation, each person, and use your communication skills and just be able to find the the boundaries and yeah, get to know that person. Agreed, definitely.
2: Yeah, and it, but it also we've been how have we been trained growing up? It's everyone's been different, and like if you're not taught to respect women, or if you haven't seen like the disrespect around, then how would you know if no one's around to, you know, teach you or talk to you about it?
0: Right. Well, if if someone, if all you see is violence in your family or something like that, and you grew up that way, then how do you know better? I grew up with uh, mostly women, and they were always the strong symbols in my household. So I grew up respecting my mother my sisters because they're the ones, I was the youngest one, so they're the ones that taught me.
2: Yeah, if you picture, if you picture... uh like your mother or your grandmother's head on that person, it's like, "Ah, I can't do that, like don't do it, you know, but we we just as men just have to you know treat women with respect and and a lot better than what we have done in the past because you already know there's the stereotypes that we have just from back in the colonial days, yeah. what are they hey they're they're there for for babies cleaning and cooking and uh times are changing. Yeah.
1: Ch- times are
0: changing
2: fast, yeah. Yeah.
1: So what can we expect for the rest of the season from Mo Leggett? I, I,
2: I, hopefully I don't get any more passes to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that means that uh that that means that I'm doing my job and that means that these quarterbacks know better. But <laughs> but you you'll see you'll see a lot of uh high activity and some fun and and a lot of queen waving. <laughs> That's the yeah.
1: Well, we always know you're gonna bring that—the the fun, the entertainment, and solid play. Um, so before we end this thing, where should people go to find the adventures of Mister Maurice Leggett?
2: Ooh, um, Almighty Three One on all social media except for Snapchat. I'm coming for that name on Snapchat, but on Snapchat it's Real Almighty Three One. So you can you can't miss it and uh, sometimes I'll go on Instagram live like when I'm doing cooking or something like that and I have some time and battery life
1: <laughs> <laughs> starting a cooking show anytime soon? Or? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, you know,
2: I don't want uh my secrets out there like that. <laughs>
1: uh, and any events know. or any modeling or movies we should know that you're um, in coming up?
2: No, no movies, no modeling right now. I'm working on my uh my hip-hop album, and um, right now one of my songs are scheduled to be out at Banjo Bowl week. All right. And then one of my artists, uh, he's from Free Bands with uh, Future, and he did a, a Blue Bomber anthem, and, and hopefully the DJ will play it in Banjo Bowl as well.
1: Cool. That's awesome. So, yeah, I guess the next game day, this Friday the tenth versus Hamilton at yes, Investors Group it. Field.
2: Oh, it's a battle! <laughs> it's a battle because uh, their their top defensive player, Larry Dean. We went to the same college. We played together. Won a national championship together. Close friends, and that's gonna. I can't let them outdo me. I can't. There you go. I can't let the young grasshopper outdo <laughs> me. Right.
1: <laughs> so, anything else going on that we should know about?
2: Oh man. No, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, you know, if you, if you want to, if you want to book travel, you know, email us, like email me and Kristen Leggett travels at gmail.com. We're travel agents. We have our own travel agency and that's pretty much it for right now. Awesome.
1: (laughs) So as always, we're be the change and you can find us at be the change YPS on both Instagram and Facebook our email, this is my favorite part of the whole thing, b.the.change.yps at gmail.com. There's a lot of dots in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and actually, big announcement, we do have, maybe this is a little early to say, but we do have a website in the works. So fair. Yeah, um, eventually. Eventually, yeah. Once, once we can get around to it, we do you know work regular jobs, so yeah. whenever we can get that out <laughs> to you, but I we'll think you that'll know. be great. And we have some great Social ideas on, anyway. on, <laughs> yeah, exactly. on how we can get some extra con- content out to you as well. And I wanted to, wanted to thank you, Mo, for coming on and yes, doing the podcast. Thank you so much. It's Tom, been a pleasure. You. Man, it, like, I always knew that you were an entertaining, awesome person to have around at the events and stuff. So it's awesome to just get to sit down, learn a little bit more of your story, and just get to know a little bit more about you and all these awesome things that you're doing.
2: I love it. Thank you. Yeah, we'll look for you out in the field. Just, just follow the pink cap.
0: all All right. right. right take care people take care
2: all right